Sit back and relax while I listen to the Train Kickers podcast. I'm Dave, and along with my co-hosts Dan and Steve, we're going to take you all around the world of miniature wargaming. On tonight's episode, after a bit of hobby, we're going to get into what we missed last time when we did an Adeptus Titanicus episode, which is the Siege of Cato. So we're going to start by going through those narrative missions and discussing the overall plot of the three of those. After that, we're going to take a look at the last bit of the Trader Legios book that we need to do, and we're going to take a look at the Trader-specific stratagems and tertiaries that are present in the book. We will go through the rest of the stratagems, but we want to go through the Loyal book first, that we have a good context when we get to the Universals, and we can talk from any of the Legios there. And now, on to the show. All right, and how are you gentlemen doing on this uh, fine Sunday evening here? I'm doing good. Uh, it's getting near the end of the year, so my stress level sadly has been slowly increasing exponentially. Um, that 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 doesn't make sense. That, Things well, don't it slowly increase exponentially. Oh well, yeah, it's like not increasing greatly exponentially. Oh, I guess exponentially is already quick. Yes, um, <laughs> that's the whole idea. Of it. Is it gets faster at getting faster? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's just been it's been I'm just we got eleven days left. Um painting what I can just to keep my, my stress levels low and that's all I can ask, honestly. Yeah. <sighs> but that's me. <laughs> what about you, Steve? You're probably happier. Oh, I'm in <laughs> such a good mood lately. The sun is out, it's beautiful. Had a war gaming weekend this weekend, so it's been pretty nice. I really can't complain. That's right, you invited me to like the upstate New York thing. That's right. Up, upstate. Ha! Upstate is Canada's border. We're far away from that, sir. They're like, you're talking about barely above North Jersey of New York. No, no, York. no. This was a toy whiz. He invited me to like, I don't even know what the fuck the town was. What so was it's, it's, um, it's around like Stony Point. It's like halfway between like Bear Mountain and, um, Toy Whiz, I'd say. Okay. It's one of those like, you know, here's a little suburban neighborhood with nothing near it kind of places, you know? Nothing mm. but mountains and trees. But there's lots of houses. Yeah. Interesting. What what oh, were yeah, you guys no, doing we up had, there? Uh, Dyson debauchery. So uh, you know, um just drinking, rolling dice, ordering sushi and shit. Just chilling, having a good time. We were playing around with um, some horse heresy leaks we came across trying to supplement that with watching the review videos that have been put out by a few youtube channels that have like the actual book in hand and going okay let's fumble through the new edition so we get a basic idea of what the feel is like with this whole reaction thing because mm. honestly the only thing that i think there's any controversy over with the new horse heresy is just reactions do yeah. they fit well yeah because I think that every single core rule, like forgetting strategy, uh, reactions for a second, all the core rules are just nice little ways to clean up what we had before or to introduce new ways to diversify weapon profiles and add more to like nuance to how you kill things. Only thing I'm like, well, this I could see people not liking is the strats. Like the movement, I'm not in love with it, but it has its uses. Um, I like the changes to the plasmas because it makes it more interesting. The rune allocation makes sense. Like once you actually get a few games and and get the tempo of it down, it makes sense. 
So it's really just, you know, reactions that are people's like, I loved it. There's strategy um, reactions. They're okay. I like them more than stratagems. Um, one person I've tried stuff out with was like, yeah, I'm really not liking reactions, which is fair. It was also a small game, so they're disproportionately present in the game. I think that's part of the problem. Um, like everyone I know I've demoed for, yeah. And everyone that I've demoed for that plays that plays eighth edition or ninth edition, like that's when they started, really likes the grittiness of the games we played compared to 40k. It's like, huh. So like these weapon profiles are like more interesting. The fact that it's a comparison of skills for close combat, I kind of like. They're like, yeah, no, I play this game. Like, this feels fine. And, it, you know, there's none of the weird haha gotchus like stratagems have. Like, yeah, no, I like this game. And right after that, I was helping the guy plan out his first 1,500 points of white scars. Nice. It was, um, was yeah, lots of dice rolling, lots of good times. We, did, good a, we did a test game in Maplewood. We added the leaked uh, Mechanicum rules. Um, that uh, were leaked over the weekend and um we were trying that with some of the you know play test rules leaked rules for world leaders well world leaders had their stuff already leaked like their their main rule book stuff leaked yeah you can the find it I all on don't reddit have, yeah exactly that one was on reddit i don't have the actual like rule book rule book which is weird um well i do because it's youtube but uh, the video was like shinier than god's graces so i could not read a single fucking thing <laughs> on there because um, no. one thing that we came across that like even shocked our friend James was that in the playtest rules, pistols, if you fire them, you could not charge afterwards. Yeah. And we were like, wait, what? I'm yeah, sorry, they showed what? it in multiple and pictures so, in uh on that yeah, they had multiple it charts. Was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, uh, this is a very integral change. Weird. I sent you, oh, yeah, I sent you the picture on I'll, Facebook. Yeah, you said you did. I don't think that's right though, because and the one I have, like, in and the then section I tried to pull describing it up, the so weapons, it's like, you can fire and then charge. I did try to pull it up on the YouTube, uh, but again, like I said before, it is just a super shiny page. And so, and I mean, I'm looking on my, my, my phone screen. I was trying to look at my laptop screen, but I just said, kind of, fuck it. Whatever, the, the rules are coming out soon anyway. But yeah, no, it was really weird because I was like, wait, that, that's a big, big, big change, if that's true. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, it was a lot of fun and I liked the feel of Mechanicum. I like what they did with Mechanicum a lot. Um, a lot of the changes just made sense, period. So yeah. Does, does it help you maintain your special snowflakeness for not, um, it's doing a normal so Legion like, like everyone else? No, it's so they, they very much like they changed psychic powers uh, they change cyberthurgy. So cyberthurgy works like psychic powers, where you do it in the phase it tells you. But now, uh, when you unlock a cyber th or when you choose a cyberthurgic power, because now there are multiple powers you could choose from, you also get in addition a weapon of choice that like matches the fluff of what the power is. So it's actually kind of cool because you can actually like. You could already customize your Magos to do whatever the hell you want. And you could already have customized him because you could have chosen his, um, uh, what the hell is it called? High order. So like what type of Magos he is. Like, is he, is he a close combat Magos? Does he, does he work with like tech thralls, blah, 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 blah. So that was already the customization. But now on top of this, you're adding the Cyberthurgist customization. And then on top of that, the weapon that comes with the Cyberthurgist 
So it's just kind of, you can really, like, build whatever the hell you want out of a Dominus. Yeah, so they and are matching psychic powers, and psychic powers work the same way. They all have a weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like fucking around with the rules a lot, and, I, and like I was like, all right, let's say I'm facing someone who's you know spamming dreadnoughts, right? Which is gonna kind of suck if someone does. But let's say someone's spamming dreadnoughts. I can build a magos that puts out two one d six haywire shots, another d six haywire shots, um, six shots that are also haywire. Um, and can also just do damage to dreadnoughts, and it's he's got split fire, so he can target multiple things with his weapons. That, that sounds an awful lot like list tailoring there. Like, oh, if they bring this, this is what I'll bring. Yeah. But it was just funny that it's like, oh, okay, if someone, if this is going to be like the new, it's you can you can kind of customize to what you want to build. Like one I was doing was really funny was just a close combat monster. Very similar to the one I brought to uh, the Zone Mortalis event. Was it Zone? It was Zone Mortalis, right? Yeah. Yes. I want to say it was Zone Mortalis. Yeah. Yep. Very, very, very similar, but he's even now a little bit scarier, but he's not Eternal Warrior. So he did get, um, <laughs> I charged him into a World Eater's Contemptor, um, hoping to survive. Uh, he did not. He absolutely 1000% did not survive. I should have just shot him. But uh, no, I like what they're doing with the Mechanicum rules. I really do. I think they're very well tailored, very well balanced, and I'm just partially excited because they're coming out in uh, August, I want to say. Yeah. I do want to say that the Mechanicum rules are coming out in August. So that is good. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't give you too long to wait until you actually have your rules in hand then. Exactly. And so, and then I would. Speaking of rules, it was funny because I was talking, I think, to you about this. I can't remember. I was in Maplewood on Friday, yep. and um, we were looking at the Warhammer community article because we were trying to figure out what the fuck they were saying. Because they were like, <laughs> we will release PDFs for anything not in the Legio books. Specifically, Custodes will come out October, and uh, Mechanical will come out in August. But also, we will also release PDFs of these things. So we were like, wait, so are they, what is my dog doing? You all right there? Sorry. Yeah, I know. I hear him barking, and I don't know why he's barking. Um, so, yeah, no, it was just very interesting that that happened. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited for it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it'll be nice once everything's out, once we can actually be more official about what we see, everything except mechanical. Uh, except actually every army that Dan has. We'll see what actually is day one. So if you actually have anything you can play since you uh, decided Alpha Legion I, wasn't your thing anymore. I think they said that... Um, well, I think someone was saying that... Um, what was I saying? I think someone was saying that um, demons were going to be day one because okay. they're not getting a book. They specifically said demons were not getting a book. So I think they said demons are day one. Uh, but I have no idea. We don't know. None of us know. Well, I mean, <laughs> we only have to wait, yeah. uh, actually, at this point, a little less than a week. Which would be nice. So yep. obviously, once all that stuff yep. comes out, we'll be pretty heresy focused for a bit. So that's why in particular, we wanted to get through tonight with the rest of the particular things that are traitor legios. Um, absolutely i guess i guess we'll do a short little bit of, of 
of hobby we kind of got into it what did i do i've finished my contemptor except some arms my uh, leviathan dread except for one arm is done uh i just finished two squads of b1s because they still have to be done uh i have like 10 necron warriors that i'm almost done with essentially it's anything that i have leading up until this weekend to get all the new stuff so anything that's been left on my painting table my goal is to get it off of here across this week of course this is the one week during my sort of summer when i actually have work stuff to do we have this online virtual conference but we're going to meet in person for it because half of the conference time, and, and mind you, we paid money to these people to go to this conference. Half of the conference time is, hey, go work with the people in your school on some project bullshit, Excuse me, whatever wait, it may wait. be. Hold on. Back up, back up, back up. Yeah. This is an online conference that you're meeting in person? Is that what you just said? Yeah. So um, they used to do these particular ones in person, whoever knows where. I have no idea. But they invited, well... They accepted, I shouldn't say invited, accepted 41 schools to this. Um, we had to pay, ooh, I don't know, like seven, six or $7,000 to do this conference. But we have grants, so it just came out of our grants. But um, the whole idea is high-impact practices. So things that are supposed to really help students and, you know, push the needle towards, you know, sustaining and success and all of that. What I believe we're supposed to get out of this when we're done is that we have some sort of action plan of things that we want to do. We bring back to the college and you know, we, we try to do this. So a good amount of the time for this, like half of the time of this conference is time for your group. In other words, meaning as far as I know, your school slash maybe talking to some other schools about it, so, so, some of that connection, but really your school to be talking about and figuring out what your plan is going to be. What are you going to try and do? Oh, you've heard these people talk good, bad, all that kind of stuff. And it was discussed, well, since we're going to be spending half of this time talking and figuring out what to do, we should be doing this in person. So I have to find out tomorrow. I'm going to ask because that was the talk we had and we haven't talked about it since. But I think the thought is we're going to be meeting in person. So that way, when it comes to us discussing things, we're all there and can discuss it easier. I guess. I don't know. Of course, it had to be this that week. Makes sense. Eh, eh, it's all just right. it's just a pain. Um, and then I played a game of 40k against knights, which it, swing. How'd that go? Uh, it went fine. I call opposite. I called it at the bottom because I was I was I was second player. Bottom of turn three, just because looking at what I had left and what he had, mostly because of his points, I said I I just I, I won't be able to cross this threshold here. I missed a charge with my Nightbringer. Had I done that, or had I just decided not to charge? It, it was one or the other, and I thought about it later. I shouldn't have charged. Because I had, after turn one, I had two, he had three big knights and three armagers. I had two armagers dead, and one big knight would have been dead if I made that charge. Because he only had six points, hell points left. Um, I oh. probably shouldn't have charged. Let him do some stuff. He can't kill my guy. I then go in and kill any one of his knights that i feel like um it just got to the point where i lost that i lost some of my other big guns i lost what could really hurt them because they just have so many shots and the board wasn't bad but there was only so many spots to hide obviously so if he can still get some sight hammer down enough shots onto me i just can't withstand that everything's like mostly at least ap1 ap2 and like minimum two damage 
So he's just crushing through my like three wound items. Yeah. Did you use a GW terrain layout or no? Um, pretty close to it. Not exact, but pretty close. Actually, we pulled up one of them. We put it down pretty close to GW. But even on that, there is there's open space. So I I'm a little bit more actually quite a bit more close combat or shorter range unless it's my anti tank guns. He has just really good range, so he's able to stay on the other side of the natural gap that occurs. And then I can't reach him in one one movement. Okay, then he can shoot my stuff down. You know, he okay. pushed into the middle, I pushed some things, and just, you know, dice doing what they did. If it if I'd either made that charge or not charged, I think I would have had it. It was I don't know if this is always true, but Lisa feels this way for knights. Assuming you have the tools to take them down. If you don't have the tools, you're probably just in for a bad day. If you have the tools and things go, you know, reasonably well, like I said, I, I missed a little bit here or there that I needed or made some some choices that weren't quite right. But if I made those choices instead, he'd probably at the end of turn two have like one little and one big left. Okay, well, he doesn't have enough now to score his points. Their ability to get their secondaries, though, their, their two um, special secondaries they do is huge. Well, they can't choose two special. They can't choose two secondaries from their old codex. They uh, can only choose one. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You can only choose one. It, I never choose more than one of mine. But yeah, it, no, is that the standard rule? You can only one. take one of yours? Yes. Okay. Because he took both. I'll, I'll let him know. He might not realize that. Either of them is good. They're both amazing with what they can do. They can easily... Either of them can easily score five points a, a turn. Almost automatically. Um... But, huh? Yeah, they got rid of that because uh, Space Marines were spamming the shit out of their own. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, now that you mention it, I remember that fact, but I didn't remember that at the time. Because I was oh. to say, his two that he took, you know, turn one, he had 10 points of that. Turn two, he's going to have another 20. And I was like, okay, with how fast he can score them, and the ones I picked, I tried one of the Necron ones. It wasn't good. Um, Mostly because his models count for so many models, and mine weren't yeah. objective secured. So I couldn't necessarily outscore him on those spots. But it was still good. And then talked to him for almost an hour later about Heresy because he he just started playing in like this edition. So he's like, I heard about this game. Like, how's it play? So I had to explain him a little bit to him. But it was still good. It was still fun. But that's I think that's about all I've done. Okay, uh, how about good. how about yourself? I know you play you played a bit on Friday and you talked about about yeah, that. So I'll start with paint though. Uh, mm -hmm. I I did my little challenge of painting three De uh, Damon behave. Oh my God, Demon Behemoths uh, in three days, and it. Di I did it. I painted three. And uh, for those who don't know, Demon Behemoths is a 30k term. Essentially, the demons of the Ruin Storm. Their heavy support is either they can take a Demon Beast or a Demon Behemoth. Um, and the Demon Behemoth is basically on a night base to give you size. It, it, it's really cool because you could kind of use any model you want. It basically is that. Just use this base. Um, but uh, it's an on a night base, so I finished painting them. I think they came out really, really good, in my opinion. People told me they looked good, so I'm going to assume that they look good. <laughs> um, and then, um, so I painted those three. Um, painting a Bloodthirster right now as I speak, funny enough. And, um, and then I played a game with them. So I played a game on Friday. Uh, sadly, some of my stuff was unpainted, so uh, I don't I like painting with unpainted miniatures ever. Um, I haven't done so in years. Ever since I started the Custodies back in 2017, 
2017. Um, I only played with fully painted models that were my own. So this was very weird for me to do, to be quite honest. Um, but I played against John, who plays uh, demons as well, ironically. Yeah, that's what, he's been playing that for the last few weeks. Yeah, and his demon list is exceptionally weird. So he starts, for those who play 40k, he takes six greater demons uh, yep. in uh, five patrols? No, no, sorry, in three patrols. He basically has like zero CP at the beginning. Uh, uh, because three. All of, all... No. Three? Okay, good. Mm, it's so two he, or, he, no, he, two. He, sorry, come. it's two. two. Okay. His first turn when he goes, he gets the three. Got it, got it. Yeah, because he exalts all of his greater demons. So he has he has a bloodthirster. I think he has two Slanesh demons. Yes. Nurgle and Zinch. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's so what he has. That, that he has like all these greater demons. And then he has uh, the really annoying. I hate this unit so much in Sigmar and in 40k. The uh I don't know what they're actually called. The, the, pink, the, the, it's the, pink hars, blue hars, and brimstones. Yeah. And the reason they suck is because technically, when you you can when you get wounded, you Not can technically select which actually ones you, you 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 select which ones get wounded, and basically depending on who you take out, you can actually net yourself positive bravery, um, so on and so forth. Now, of course, it takes reinforcements points. It's not free to do this. Um, yeah, oh, horrors oh split into two blues, and a blue yes. turns into a brimstone. Which, the way he yes. runs his squads, it's, you know, let, let's say if there's 15 models. I don't remember the exact numbers. But it's about four or five pink horrors, four or five blue, and then about the same in brimstones. So it is a sort of thing of, okay, let me try to save it on this brimstone. No, he died. Okay, well, now I'll do it on a blue. Oh, that blue died. Okay, now brimstone comes back out. Okay, now we try again. So it, it means that this unit with maybe 15 models has closer to 40 wounds in reality that you're trying to chew through. And it's very hard to, and now someone might be like, well, why not bravery check them? Because uh, they're demons, you're bravery seven. Yeah. But here's the problem. Let's say, you know, Oh no, he's negative one bravery. Well, now he kills a, um, Brimstone. The, the biggest one. Oh, yep. And then two spawns two blue ones. And now he's positive one bravery. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of bravery manipulation you can do. So that way you can make sure that, it's not going to be tough on you. Even if you fail, you, don't, you the, the unit's only goal is to sit back on an objective and be objective secured. They're not trying to hurt anything. They don't care about any of that. So as long as you still got some guys left, that's all that matters. Yeah. Although with the new rumors of what they're changing um, to 40K, he, it's probably his list is probably going to end up dying off. Well, that's probably because they're changing true. CP generation essentially. Yes. Rumor is at least. No, not rumor. GW said this. Oh, they did. Oh, GW okay. I, I, said you're going to start with about okay. half as many, and then oh, no. you will be gaining more CP, though, as the game goes on. So you'll start with less, but you'll gain easier. Yeah, so that's going to kind of neuter him uh, pretty heftily, sadly, because I do like the list. It is a, it is a fairly good-looking list. It was actually funny. So during the game, since I'm running all corn demons, so I had three soul grinders, which I use my demon behemoths for, which are basically night-sized. And then I run three bloodthirsters. The middle of the board looked like something out of fucking Godzilla. It was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And Dave was watching it. I was. So uh, it did look fun. It was, it was actually a fun game. Yeah. 
I, I you left I think before this happened, Dave. So What's Scarbrand up? finally were you there for? No, Scar- I, I watched Scarbrand die. die. Oh, I watched him get oh punked out. And it's so sad because I put him there. I put him behind all those big dudes because I was like, oh, he could fly. He's got wings. No. And then I remember like as I was playing before I even looked at the stats, I'm like, wait, didn't he piss off Corn and Corn ripped off his wings? Yeah. And then did. I looked at his move stat and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> So yeah, that that hurt because he so he actually is like a really dangerous model. Yep. Um, but he only moves eight, so if he doesn't make it anywhere, then he's absolutely useless. Yep. And then you threw him at a, a keeper of secrets, who was just which he should have survived, by the way. I, I statistically I no zero five ups. Well, yeah, but even then, it's hard on stats because you're only a five up. So he you has would, a lot. It's not a guarantee it, you, you would know, die, but it wasn't that crazy. No, yeah, it's. it's Exactly. It was not a guarantee, but it was a very good chance I survived that. I was, uh, for the one time only, I did run. I think I, I masked it that I would survive on two wounds um, if I was just rolling average. And if I survive the two wounds, that's when he gets the angriest. He actually gets better as he gets hurt, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, and then at one or two wounds, he just like punks literally anything to be attacks first. Yeah. But, it's an old codex. What can we do? Although, again, they're coming out with a new codex as well. So I can't wait to be called a netlister when uh, their codex comes out. Well, unfortunately, when something new comes out, GW it makes it good. Yeah. I always choose the armies that are absolutely old and sucky because I like the way they look. Paint them up. Lose with them all the time. And don't worry. I love. I don't mind losing with them because they look good. And then the codex comes out and it's like, here's an overpowered please buy this army and i'm just like oh wow i have this entire army and everyone just like doesn't want to play because they're overpowered well yeah but I'm that's like, oh, this is great there's a distinction i wanted to play because they're overpowered slash not wanting yeah. to play because they're calling you netlister in my mind you always have a say in who or what you play if i'm like mm, versus my army yours is going to be no fun then no there's nothing wrong with me just saying no nah, not gonna play you. true although i don't think yeah i was gonna say i don't think they change demons but i don't know you know, I, that, that was my hobby thing. I, I played with the demons I painted, finally, and now I'm painting Bloodthirster, so I'm going to try to finish this in three days. Um, it, it's actually going really well. I'm doing the the hair right now, so it's actually mm-hmm. really easy. But yeah, what about you, Steve? What are you prepping for, heresy-wise? Because I know you're doing a lot. Yeah, so, what was it? Probably two days ago? On Friday, yeah. Um, I had set myself the challenge of taking a 10-man squad that was going to be part of my Iron Warriors, and I built them, and I started unpainting them, so it became backlog. I'm like, you know, I really need a second, like, compulsory troop choice so I have a valid army for my Salamanders. That way, when I have to play Loyalist or give a demo, you know, I have a legal army to loan out. Um, so I take these 10 Marines, and from the start of the day to the end of the day, I got them primed, base-coded, and, like, some details picked out. The only things I have left to do are put some decals on them because I'm getting some decals off of a buddy because um, he has the, some spare forge old ones lying around, which and they're very nice. Um, and then I just got to, you know, varnish it and hit it with the dust. So challenge more or less succeeded. Got 10 models done in a day. Pretty happy with that. It, it helps that my job is sometimes to paint models for demo sets, but shh. It's okay. <laughs> and uh, like I mentioned earlier, just rolled a bunch of dice on Saturday, drank a bunch of beers, and now I'm here. 
Oh, and today I played Warcry. Uh, that was fun. First time playing it, or have you played it before? Um, I've played before. It's so Warcry is nice because it's very lightweight and it's very, very fast. So uh -huh. you can play through a game during a lunch break and have time to spare. Okay. Um, I just haven't sunk my teeth too deeply into it because, um, well, it's a lightweight game. And that means I don't have to do so much front loading with um, the investment, you okay. know? So it's never been like, my, I need to work on my war cry. I need to work on my war cry. But it's fun. Um, some of the guys at the store at Toybiz are doing a campaign on Thursdays and Sundays. So yeah, I'll stop in, see what's going on. I heard they had an odd number expected today. So, you know, if someone's sitting around, I'll play a game with them, you know? Okay. Uh, I got completely trounced. <laughs> I think I killed two like low tier models, and I got my entire warband killed. What warband do you what play? Yeah, I was playing Seraphon. The problem oh, is nice. though, yeah. yeah. The problem is though, um, I have zero mobility because my cavalry units only move six, which is the same as my skinks. Meanwhile, my opponent um, had these um, flying. Daughters of Cain, I think. What it is. Um, so it's sort of a flying unit. And they move 12. And the rest of the force is like also moving like 5 to 6. I'm like, okay. And then the scenario was one of his guys has a box of treasure, and I have to kill that model and secure it. Well, when they move 12, and my fastest units move 6. Yeah, I got kited pretty hard. <laughs> Not saying that the person cheesed the scenario, because they absolutely, like, presented opportunities for me. But when I got to, you know, try on those opportunities, my dice were like, nah, you don't get it. Did you do the random um, card? Did you do the random cards or no? So, because it's a campaign, we got to the point oh, where... Yeah, so the um, map is fixed. The objective is fixed, and the twist is fixed, but the deployment varies. And for this, this deployment, I had a window where maybe I could box them in. Um, because essentially half the map was being used. So I was hoping I could box them in on the one half, but 12 inches and flies, like, nah, I'm not going to get boxed in. Think again. Um, so yeah, because it was like, I think they call it a convergence. It's like a, you play this scenario until you win this scenario sort of deal okay it was fun it was fun it, it's fast so you know even when you have games like that where it's like well you know it's night fighting so my skink bolt spitters are useless and it's you know it's catch the fast model so i wish i had more speed but even when you have games like that it's so fast it's like all right that sucked but hey guess what i could belt three of these things out in the time i'm just deploying a 40k army <laughs> It's a fun game. It's also a game that's not expensive to get into because you could get those compilation books for the factions and it's like, I want to say like 30 bucks, 35 bucks for the softback book and it has like all of order, all of chaos, all of destruction, you know, the ogres, that's what I all play. All death. So, yeah, it's nice. I might get more involved if they start doing Thursdays more regularly since I'm there already. But uh, yeah, the the main hype is heresy right now, though. Just gotta get those models done. Yep, yeah, pretty much. All right, I think that gives us uh, 
a good point then to a little bit faster than normal start getting into the actual content for the evening. Um, do we want to do the narrative mission first? That probably makes oh, sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited for this. So we mentioned last time that, well, actually what we mentioned at first, we said, oh, there's no Titanicus news. And we thought about it and we realized we hadn't talked about the FAQ or the narrative. We talked about the FAQ last time because that we had all reviewed enough, at least to be able to, to say something about it and then scroll through it quickly. But the narrative we wanted to save for tonight because we could actually go through it and read it first. Um, so it is three missions. Um, so the document is available on Warhammer Community. It doesn't appear to be in the downloads page yet for Titanicus. The easiest way I found it is if, and, and if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a link to it. But the easiest way I found it is go on Warhammer Community and then just do a search of Titanicus. It is the first article that will come up. It'll be about this as well as the FAQ. So this is the narrative mission of the Siege of Cato. Um, hmm? It came out on the 24th of May. 24th of May. Thank you. Just in case someone's looking from the future. 24th of May, 2022. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, actually very true. Yeah, so it's the first one. Let's hope they do some more content after this. Please. I'm, I'm even at, for like, right now. Announce what I'll Warmaster say. Sprues. Warmaster Sprues. I, I would like to see the Sprues. But for like new Titan wise, for the moment, I think it's fine. As long as they keep giving us no, more narrative. You're not going to get Imperator anytime soon, if I at all. I wouldn't mind a demonic upgrade sprue. Yeah. Or um, alternate armor to build Lucius patterns officially, because there's some great STL files out there, but there are people that don't have printers. Mm. Um, so it would be cool to see, like, you know, variant armors, for example, because not everything is Mars pattern. And something I would really like to see. Just for all, just 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 for my uh, certain people in my community, I like to see some Xenos Titans starting to come out, like the old school Titanicus when it branched out. I or um, we have Aeronautica, we have Titanicus. All you need is a Battle to Larn box set. I think I've said it on here before. That would be perfect. Battle to Larn to Horus Heresy Epic, and then branch out from there. They have more and more epic planes coming out. They announced the Custodes have an epic um, fighter the now. The, yeah. Ares, the Ares bomber, mm. which is an and Dan and Dan's getting six, seven, at least twelve. I actually, so <clears throat> I actually printed mine. So <laughs> I I own uh, six shot. of them that are printed. Yeah, well, because I didn't know that they were coming out with. Uh, I didn't know they were coming out with these, so I just printed my own. Yeah, um, no. I exactly. I wouldn't expect it's like who's like oh yes that was yeah that was Force. when I Why? see something that came out of left field that definitely came out of left field. Um, you know what's so sad though, and I said this before like about custodies. One of the things I don't own is the Ares fighter. It's, I don't own the dick bikes. That's number one. I'm never I'm buying. Um, but I also don't own the Ares or Orion, and it's just because I don't like how the fighter looks. It's like too GI Joe for me. Um. But I see how it is like an epic, like what I printed, and I see how they have it, and it, then I'm like, ah, it does look good. I don't know, like I, I I flop back and forth on buying it. You're gonna buy it. Maybe it's just the size of it. When it's small, no. you're like, oh, okay, it all yeah. fits together. But when it's big, it's like this looks like a GI Joe toy because it's the same size as one. I've seen it in person, and it's it looks cool. Don't get me wrong, it's not a bad model. 
it's just not my like for example i'm so glad that rumor time uh that custodians and 30 care are gonna get land raiders because i just do not like the coronises at all like i refuse to buy them they don't look good to me but i would absolutely paint six land raiders for my custodians immediately because i love the way land raiders look but yeah that's yeah, i'm crazy that's why is that gotta go to six Actually, so not on. like I'll paint one. You're but like, hmm. <laughs> what the in the lore, Raiders they have hold? six of them. I'm gonna get them well, all. Yeah. Is this Pokemon out Raiders here? Twelve or fourteen? I believe it's twelve. Because there was ten last 10, edition, right? so not yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, so from ten, so ten if they hold 12. twelve, that means they hold six for me. Meaning I would need one hundred land. You're not bulky. No, no, three? they're not. They're not very bulky. No, they're just bulky. Mm. Uh, the Terminators are very bulky, but I'm not counting them. You know, let's say five hundred. So I have 500 custodies. So I would need <laughs> what? Um, oh, actually less, because I have 60. So let's say 400. Let's say 400, because I, I have sisters as well. Um, so 400 divided by what? Uh, six models of pop? I would need 66 <laughs> land raiders to transport my army. 67. You'd have to round up no matter what, because oh, you have a few yeah, left yeah. over. And also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round up to 70. Only because then I also forgot, like, the heroes and stuff. Hey, hey, in for a penny, in for a pound. You know, you got 67 exactly. Land Raiders already. What's another three? It's nothing. Somehow, three. somehow Dan deploying 70 Land Raiders seems more reasonable and more tolerable than <laughs> 500 Custodies. Well, you remember, my Custodies always deep strike. Like, that's how I play. I yeah. never play with them. I deep strike them on the table because I think that's how they're supposed to play, in my opinion. So uh, I like doing that whole entire mass teleportation strike. But that's just me. All right. Real rumor time. Deep striking land raiders. Get the Blood Angels technology. There you yeah. go. Back from 5th edition. I remember Man, all that. Those were some funny times. I, just, I, I did a lot of deep striking and stuff because I had Blood Angels at the time. I didn't own a land raider, though. I've, I've never actually had one. The Spartan will be the first one I have. Plastic Spartan. Oh man, we were talking about that in our in our because a lot of us when we had Spartans, we bought the old Spartan mm, or the track the original. Not, yeah, so oh now my God, the mold, tracks were all separate. It was yeah, so they mold, they mold the tracks right now to the Spartan. If you were to buy it from Forge World, they're on the actual chassis. Back in the day, those tracks were individual. It was and like they were eight, eight sections, right? Yep. Oh, I think per it was side. Worked. Yeah. Or one, two, three, four, five, six. I think it was like eight sections aside. Yeah, like eight Maybe or six. nine, and they were all fucking warped, or or not even warped. Some of them were and like the different And the gates sizes. were so bad on them. The casting gates were so oh God. bad. I built one Spartan, and I said never again. I, I so so I had very little Forge World stuff, or or, or at at any point, honestly. And what I, I find funny is hearing this. It kind of just shows you a mixture of just the fervor of the community or their desire uh, to play the game or anything like that. Because you listen to people talk and you're like, why Why did anyone play these games when the big oh, cool so kits... Cool. Yeah, when the big cool kits were a nightmare. I've never... Uh, m some newer ones are better, of course. Especially for older ones and all, I've never heard like the good stories. It's always like, let me tell you about how bad this thing was. Let me tell you about the how much stuff I had to fix for warping. Let me tell you about the metal structure I had to put in 
so my storm eagle wouldn't like tear in half and stuff like that it's you know, when they talk about it being why advanced hobby why materials climb mount everest why climb mount everest because it's difficult I don't know. That is literally a hill I don't want to die on. The adversity. <laughs> you know. Doesn't matter. It's plastic yeah. now. No one will feel our pain. <laughs> well, true. So it's, it's like, like what is that meme? I, I understand. It's that meme with the grandmother. Yes. It's like, you know. <laughs> in, in my um, time, they uh, were I'm all resin. Sure, grandma. Let's get you yeah, back sure, to bed. Grandma, sure. All right. Let's let's go back oh, to this man. narrative mission because I've already, I already time stamped it. And people are going to think I'm a liar now. All right, so Siege of Kato or Kato or Kato? Kato, I'm going Kato. Kato? I'm saying Kato. I'm going Kato because that's closer to Mortal Kombat. Um, so a, a little bit of background. People can fill in if 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 they like otherwise. Um, so this was a planet that, by all records, was a hive world. Nothing cool. Nothing special about them. Even even the siege, they mentioned that um, in this, the siege that happened here, here are missions, here are some things to substantiate it, because in the Imperial Records, there's not a lot of information known. It happened, um, they actually were able for a while to keep this planet out of, even from the War Master knowing, but once the heresy occurred, it was found out. Uh, apparently it had just different... So it was the interesting feature, the crystals that just kept absorbing more and more um, electrical There's energy. So many weird things. Yeah. yeah. That's the I one know. thing I noticed they mentioned. So they built like hundreds yeah, so, of, of spots to study all this. Yep. So at the, so it's a disc world, an artificially manufactured disc world. Okay. That is tidally locked to the sun. Mm -hmm. um, so the same side is always facing it and everything. Um, and at the center of this disc world, there's this giant, like, reactor that powers the whole thing. And one of the things on this world are the giant crystals. And it goes this, like, other, it describes these other, like, crazy, bizarre landscapes. And it's like, it all looks and feels so naturalistic, almost like Halo style, you know? Yeah. How it looks like a normal world, then you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is a giant fucking installation. Um, so, you know, it's just artificial world checking out checking it out makes no sense um whoever made it is just long gone like all right let's send some research teams down oh this is cool shit these crystals do weird stuff let's research them and i guess just the mechanicum just sends thousands and millions of researchers and workers to go to this planet they build a hive city around this reactor core that pierces through the disc of the world. So there's like a sun side city and a night side city. Yeah. And they just, they duke it out. Um, once the traders show up. Yeah. So, so this, uh, the, this three mission pack is sort of their way. I, I, I'm sure part of it is they can give you extra context. They can give you something cool about this, but there also wasn't already, you know, I, I feign to use the word historical context, but for all intents and purposes, you know, this historical context already there, so they can just decide what they want, you know. So we can briefly go over the 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 goals of the three missions. We'll make this brief because they give you it all, but I, I think one thing I like is, you know, they, they give you 
everything you need to go on. So they give you a bit of lore. They tell you what you're doing. Like say the first mission, you're essentially it, investigating these crystal structures. That That's the whole point of this first mission. Um, but then they tell you exactly how you're going to do the battle. So I'll, I'll take the first one because I have it here. It says, first one, yeah. yeah, they said for the battle group. So it's always a traitor side and a loyal side. Um, so there's traitor side. We got loyal side. It tells us, you know, you build it as you would from the rule book. Um, it's up to 3,000 points. So for each of these, they give you the points limits, and they're not always the same. In this one, they're the same. Um, it's at least one mana pool and any reinforcements, so they give you the structure. So this first mission, very standard setup for a game to begin with. Normal 6x4, um, you have to put a piece of train in the middle. That is the research facility. You then, each player will put another research facility uh, further than 12 inches from the short board edge. Um, and then you're going to place three markers going back and forth. And these are going to be for the crystals. And they tell you, you know, it's 12, it has to be within 12 of a facility, no more than eight within each other. And then you can put in whatever other train that you want to make it look good. Stratagems, you're each going to get three. So still nice and equal. Trader player cannot choose battlefield assets and orbital land strike or tertiary objective stratagems. It's not their planet. They're the ones invading it, so they don't get the things that would be set up for a planet. And loyalists can't choose outflag, orbital, lance strikes, or tertiary objectives. So no one gets those. Um, mission special rules. So you have these absorbing crystals. Um, if you're within six inches and you push your reactor, roll an extra die and take the worst result. And um, in addition, when a Titan within six inches of the crystal activates in the movement phase, you roll D6 on a four up, your void shields go down by one. And if yeah. so, you place a marker next to the crystal to denote the power. Um, if the Titan's void shield level is already at X, uh, increase the reactor level by one. So in other words, if you don't have any void shields, your reactor gets hotter. So being near these crystals is bad news. Um, Energy discharge. So at the start of the strategy phase, before anything goes, you roll D6 for any Titans that have markers on them. So the ones that you fueled up by being near them. And on a six up, because you add one for each marker, on a six up, they do D3 strength 10 hits with shield bane. It does not give location. So you would roll randomly for location. Um, they give you a bit about deployment first round a lot of that is standard for this particular one um battle length is six rounds the victory is here and this is my only problem with most of these missions for two of them the victory condition is very much uh whoever has the most in points left in this case close to um the facilities and it, if you're critical damage you count as half and all those sort of things but it's essentially whoever has more points close to the facility. So it's still a, I kill you, you try to kill me, but we want to be close to this stuff. And they give you a nice picture to show you what this thing could look like. Um, this is probably the most, I want to say, balanced of these missions because some of the other ones are much more unbalanced. It has some reasons why you want to be close to these facilities because that's how you win. But the facilities have the crystals close to them, so that's going to start hurting you. And sorry, I think it might be three crystals each player, because they're showing six, it looks like. It's two per facility. 
two per yep. facility. Okay, yes, yeah. So each it's you're each going to place and three. Two orbitals. Yep. Okay. So I mean, you you are going to be getting hurt by this at some point because you're going to want to be close to them. I do like it overall. I, I think it's a really cool mission. I think it adds. It's sort of like some of those, like the, oh, what is it? The, the cards were they Total War? No. No, open I know war? what you're talking about. Open yeah. war. engine war. Sorry, open engine war. war. Yeah, it's like the engine war cards. This this feels like a mission that you just randomly rolled out because you know, oh, we're on this planet. We have these sort of objectives, and here's the negative for what it is. But I don't know if any of you guys have any particular thoughts on this one. Um, I have to agree with you on. I I do not like missions that have end only results. Yeah. Um, I know 30k does to do this. They changed a lot of the missions for the new edition, which I love. Uh, but 30k used to do this a lot. It's just it, it, these. Oh, we're gonna play an entire, let's say, two hour game. None of it matters until you actually tally up the end result. Yeah. So I like I like games that do more. Um, it, shit, mid mid game scoring. Aggressive. No, no, progressive scoring. That's what yeah, progressive like. scoring. Uh, I I prefer games that do much more progressive score, and that's just my cup of tea. That being said, I love the variability of this mission. It is very much like something you would play from the open engine war cards, um, very much so. Um, and it's just it, it just seems like fun because you're you're very much balanced ish. No, um, I say you're very balanced in this one. Well, well, I was gonna say because the crystals then all of a sudden throw everything you want to do for like a fucking loop, like all, all the best laid plans don't fucking work on this one. <laughs> the, the the crystals will literally just fuck you up. So I like that. I I I enjoy that. I like I like. I know some people hate variants or like random random elements in their game, um, but I do enjoy this a lot. I, this does look cool to me. Yeah. I, I, I will hazard that if you don't like random variants to your game, you should not play essentially narrative style things like this. Narrative missions, narrative sure, games sure. are about variants and honestly a lot of times they're about unfairness for the sake of what you want the mission to be. You know, like it will not be a fair battle. Like, oh, your side? Yeah, you're probably gonna lose. But hey, that's the way it's set up because it does these cool things for us. You know, they treat it a lot more like an historical, I think. But if we don't have any other thoughts on the first one, because the first one's kind of the most standard. Um, which one? I like you... it. Um, yeah, go for it. I think you could. This is one you could easily tweak the formula, make it a smaller table size, smaller points value. Maybe reduce the amount of stuff you put on. I don't know how you'd split it, but you could make it smaller. And you could easily scale this one down just by talking to your friend, like, hey, you know, I got 2K. Want to do that? This is the kind of thing that I would have loved to drop into um, that campaign I ran over the winter. This would have been the kind of table that would fit right in thematically with what I was doing at the events. Well, also, notice this this one. It said up to 3,000 points. It wasn't a 3,000 point game, it was actually up to that. So you could actually play less. You could, you know, being on a six by four, unless you want to scale it down. Though if you scale it down, um, so table wise, there might be a little bit of issue of play with the distances. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. But short of that, no. If you want to make it smaller, make it smaller. Be smaller points. Absolutely. 
right. Who wants to take the second one? Um, Steve, you want to take it? Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, defend the gate, right? Yeah, then. Yep, defend the gate. All right, yeah, I know, I know Dan wants that last one. Yep. I, I could hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, defend the gate. So, essentially, this one tells the story of the breacher, not the breachers, oh my goodness, the traitors breaching the defenses of that central hive around the core. Um, some dark mechanicum adepts sneak into the city and sabotage us. A section of the wall, the length of the board collapses, allowing for the traitor forces to begin their assault on the city proper. Um, and it's the outriding forces of the loyalists that first get to the traders, and they have to fight while all the reinforcements are walking in. And way in the distance, you have an Imperator Titan. Gracio Dictus of Legion yeah. of Crucius walking in and just laying down fire and smashing Titans. So as you can imagine, when one side has an Imperator Titan fighting from very afar, you kind of have to make some modifications to your um, <clears throat> balancing of the forces. So for this mission, um, one play, because it, this is a very like defined narrative moment in the story they're telling, so they make one side, the traitor side, specifically Eligio Audax army with reinforcements from Mortis and Volpa. Now, obviously, you know, we're adults, we could talk it out, we go, I want to try this scenario with different forces, and it really shouldn't break the balance that much, but this is the story they are telling. So, these are the three Legios assaulting at the section of the wall, and their opponent, the Loyalists, plays Legio Metallica. Um, the traders have a total of 2,500 points, while the Loyalists only have 2,000. Um, and as usual, they must contain at least a mana pool plus reinforcements, so be legal army lists. It's a 4x4 table, and 18 inches from one of the edges, you have a 1-inch thick line. This represents the rubble that is the wall section that was once there and is now... That was the wall section. Yep. <laughs> um, and the smaller part of the table is the, deplo- uh, the trader's zone. The larger portion is the loyalist zone and represents the city. And through the middle of the city, you should have a road running down it. And then around the road is just dense, dense um, city terrain. So they also tell you, like, you know, this is what terrain should look like. You know, this kind of tells the story of it. Um, for stratagem points, the trader has two points, and Loyalist has four. Um, so that stacks it towards the Loyalists a little bit, but the traders have more points to play with. So that all balances out nicely. But then we get to the special rules, and this is where it gets very interesting. So it's a Loyalist-defended city. So they have to make morally some tough decisions um inside the city in any intact building there could be dark mechanical infiltrators and once per round when a titan finishes move close to a building um they risk getting sabotaged by the traders they roll a die and on a one or two nothing happens on a three to five take some strength hits strength six hits the legs and on a six they take d3 strength six hits to the legs and the plasma reactor increases by D3, which can be a big deal on those smaller Titans. Oh, yeah. This is, so this rule, I think it's a neat little rule. It 
brings in more plasma reactor play, which is honestly something I wish we got a little bit more of in the game because it's it's there. There's um, Crusade Legio War Gear that plays with it, if I remember correctly. Like it's just an aspect of the game they could do a little bit more with. I feel, and this is those opportunities that they took it. Um, so that's something for the traders that helps balance out the stratagem points difference. Because I would say that is probably about a two-point strat. That well, they already have that's ones right, like yeah. that, right? The people like a, that you put in buildings what, and all. Yeah, the people in the building. Yes. That's, yep. uh, that's two points, yeah. Yep. And I think the one the people in the building, it might be two markers, but it doesn't have the chance to do reactor damage? Yes. Something like that. So like I, you know, that that's a pretty good balance out for the strategy points. I feel. Uh, the next special rule, break it open. Um, essentially, it is the traders are going all in on this assault. So every turn, the trader gets to roll two d10 and add them together. They then get to bring in reinforcements equal to the like a scale of reinforcements equal to what they rolled. If you roll a 20, you could bring in two Warlords just stomping onto the board. Um, and it does say that if you roll high enough and you could bi legally build a Maniple, you could just add a Maniple to your army. And it does not say... Oh, no, sorry, it does. So it's only when um, Banners and Titans are destroyed. They're set aside and they get to come back. Yeah. All right, if good. So it's not it's not new stuff. It's not free stuff. I mean, it's not. It is free, but it's not new. Okay. Okay. That that does help a little bit. Um. And it, it's actually fits very well with the fact that the traders are being prescri you know, prescribed field legio audax as the core legio of it. Yeah. Um. Because warhounds two d ten that's going to average a eleven. Yeah. yeah, it's going to average 11. So figure half the time or more, you're getting at least two Warhounds on the board, and you're usually getting at least one of your slain Warhounds back. That seems pretty fair to me. I mean, considering what it could be, and the fact that it has to be destroyed one. Um, So they walk on three inches from their board edge, and they have to be at you know, at least 12 from the, from the breach, which, you know, makes sense. Um, oh, a board edge. So any of the trader a board, board edges. Edge. Yeah, it's a, so it's so they can come in. Yeah. In the trader zone. Yeah, but they have to be at least 12 from the breach. So they have like six inches along the side, as well as the entire backfield. Okay. Um, and then to balance out the fact that the trader's getting dead titans back, we have a loyalist benefit in A God Speaks. Um, so far in the distance, you have that Imperator Titan. Dan, you took Latin. How do I pronounce that properly? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Draco. Uh... Oh, fuck you. It's either Dictus or Decitus or Dastus. I think it's Dictus with a K. Okay. That's what so I yes. get for now. I haven't done that in like 15 years, <laughs> mind you. Oof. High school. That was my last Latin. I didn't take Latin in college or out of your damn mind. So, Imperator Titan, Legion Metallica, off the table, firing in. 
your Titans are too far away and too small to be of any consequence to it. Um, so from turn three onwards, which is about the time, you know, a uh, trader player would expect to be losing Warhounds. Um, and he turned after that, in, um, up to twice a turn, instead of giving a Titan a command, you can um, instead use them as basically a spotter for the Imperator Titan. Um, if the you then do a uh, command test, and if you pass the test, you pick an enemy Titan that Titan sees, and it takes two strength 14 hits with the fusion trait. So two four, strength 14 hits that roll D10s to penetrate. That is lethal. That is very lethal. As long as they don't have shields. And that ends... Yep. And that ends the special rules. We're going on to the more mundane things, deployment and such. Um, so the, it starts off with the loyalist player and deploys half their forces within six inches of that line, the breach. The trader then deploys everything at least six inches away from the breach. And then the loyalist player deploys the rest of their forces at least 10 away from the breach. So they're actually starting in very close to each other. No more than 12 inches. If the trader wants to be close. And I assume that the deployment rules here would override the rules for Audax? Or no? Uh, I would say yes, because it's prescribing the way in which you are deploying. And it's telling you what mm -hmm. to do. So I, I would say yes. I think it and is an Audax mission. But yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, only because it also is a narrative, so it kind of tells you. Yeah, yeah I, I would say yeah. Does it? Yeah, I, th I think so too. Um, so yeah, um, first round, the trader gets to pick who goes first, and it's a seven-turn game, which is longer than the usual four to five-turn game. Um, afterwards, you know, you just figure out, you know, either you won or you lost. Um, like last mission, what you do is calculate the point, the total points value of Titans. Within six inches of that line, and if your compromise count is half of your um, points total, whoever has more points has secured the breach and is victorious. And that's the mission. This this one's a really cool mission. I I, I think that the special rules they give it is really neat. I th I love the idea of them prescribe. Mostly, I love the idea of them prescribing what Legios to play because one, it fits the theme that they want, but also two, it gives you something different. If those aren't your normal Legios, well, hey, now you get to try something else out. You're, you're fitting. And I would like to think they pick them not only because it makes sense, but also because maybe the rules work kind of well for it. The only issue I see is since one of the Legios is Audax, if you either don't have either enough warhounds or you just only have i don't know like two or so warhounds something like that you might be in trouble like that was what was yeah. weird to me. You, since legio audax i i think legio audax is the most restrictive legion when it comes to titans yes I, yeah yes because true. they have two options yeah warhounds yes, exactly. and the dire or, or, or borker porker so yeah no um i would say that that is my only criticism that Let's say you're like me, and I, I mean, I only own four Warhounds in total. That's a lot. Um, I know someone else who owns like 12, but 
or not 12, he owns like eight. Because he's also Legio Audex, but I don't own that many Warhounds. I only own four. Um, so, like, I... This is just a weird mission for me to play. And, and that, to me, is a spot that you kind of... Again, this is narrative, so it's not going to be fair, and that's fine. It's not meant to be. But if you change it from being Legio Audax as the main one, then I feel you're probably making the biggest change you can in this. Because exactly. like bringing them back, if I'm bringing bigger Titans, all right, we'll bring them back, maybe not as much. Or, you know, th that Imperator is honestly designed for your shields are going to be down because you're a small light Titan. I got your shields down. Now I'm hitting you with big enough hits where I might kill you. you know, it, it's I think it's mm -hmm. designed for you to me, to be fighting a lot of Warhounds. And if you don't bring any, or you can't because you don't have it, that's going to really kind of ruin this one. I agree. So this is a very, very heavily narrative scenario. There's a sp very specific story being told. Yeah. And it's a good story. I would love to you know, try this one day. But it's unlike the previous one, this one you can't just pick up and go, okay, you're playing this now. You have to actually really plan ahead like this to is get this one going where, this is like an actual historical battle like this one yes. would be yeah the rest of them they're like yeah sure everyone's a historic battle because they have all those special rules but this is one of those ones where it's like no this is actually like we are limiting what you can do to a very large extent you are essentially reenacting this battle yep it's like hey guys today we are playing the battle of fall we are Imperial Fists, and we are Iron Warriors, and we're playing Zomor Towers. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. that level of restrictiveness. But I do like it. Doesn't mean I don't like it. No, no, it, it is wanna... very cool, and it might be I think between the, the two players. That they put in are yeah. interesting. Yeah, it might be something where between the two players, oh, we have enough Warhounds. Okay, I'm playing the Loyalist side. I don't get Warhounds because I had to lend you mine. So you can run a, a legal force. And that's the case, and so be it. Seems good, too. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. All right, then. All right. You got the, you got the third one here. Third, yeah, the battle. Or, sorry, not the battle. Yeah, just uh, a sinister march ambush. So, essentially, this was apparently the most destructive of all the battles, which is very interesting. It was fought in this... Um, this is actually really cool. I would like so I would love to build this battlefield. I'm gonna to kind of side note that saying that. So this is apparently pl played, or this was battle was taken on the something called the where is it a square of lions, which is this huge, just basically like monumental area of just monuments, right? It's literally just squares of uh, it's an entire square of just straight monuments of primitive gods, the emperor, blah 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 blah. It's like all statues. Um, so essentially, uh, what had happened was that in the middle of this battle and all hope seemed lost, a sinister Titan, I'm assuming it's a sinister Titan because it says Teren Varnau, the grand castellan of Kedal. Yeah. Oh, if you read the thing, yeah, it's a bunch of sinister Titans. That's what I yep. thought. Okay. Clad in black of his Ordo, the figure of quest. Yeah. So it was just, I was like, wait, what? The dude comes down. No, there's a sinister Titan comes down, um, and just, <laughs> Um, it just destroys pretty much everything on the battlefield. So it's so battle groups. And again, this is kind of like the boring part, but whatever. Battle groups, uh, uh, the traitor, loyalist. Um, essentially, it's three up to three thousand points. 
Um, blah blah blah. Okay, there you get that. Um, oh no, 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 no! You missed a lot of things. You didn't read this ahead of time. You missed important stuff. No, no, no. Well, I was gonna quote like the entire thing is in battle groups. Ah, the traitor player force should have a battle rate of three thousand points, while the loyalist player battle rate should have a battle rate of twenty five hundred points. The big one, what I was gonna say was the traitor force should consist solely of corrupted titans. And the Whoa. Loyalist Force consists solely of Psytitans. Titans. No maniples are required, and Psy Titans ignore their usual restriction of a maximum of one Psy Titan per maniple. Yes. We've got to do Psy Titans after this episode, guys. Yeah, so this is straight yeah. up Psy Titan versus Corrupted Titan, which is awesome. That's I wanted to skip all the boring shit because I wanted to skip. That's what makes it interesting. Um... The battlefield is played on a four by four board, which is smaller than all the rest of them, by the way. The other ones I saw were six. Oh, the by other three. ones, yes. It's a standard size board. Yeah. yeah the, no, no, no. The second mission was four by four. The first mission was six by four. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it is four by four. Um, uh, it's filled heavily with terrain in the, in the board. Uh, this sparsely filled. So the, the center circle yeah. filled, sorry. is dense. In the, it's very sparse. Yeah, the middle is nothing. Outside that center circle is dense. Yeah. Because we're fighting in the square itself. So we have all the cities surrounding okay. us and the statues essentially in the and middle. And what's really cool is like, you, because it's all statues and stuff, I would love to see people doing like taking space marines, making them into statues or like doing stuff like that. This could really look, really look like a cool fucking board. You, you could do it really well uh, with those uh, Joy-Con figures. Primarchs and paint them as stone. Oh, that would be, oh my Ooh. God, that would be cool. Too bad they're Primaris. Yeah. So the Twitter player has two points to spend on stratagems. They wish the loyal player has four points to spend on any stratagems. Any assets purchased must be placed after all units have been deployed. It must be at least 12 inches from an enemy unit. Okay. So two to four, not bad. Special rules. Oh, this is the... Gotta stretch over here because this one's a long one. So, the first special rule is carefully... Oh my god, carefully laid plans. The titans of Ordo Sinister have prepared their trap with great diligence and are ready for the oncoming foe. All Loyalist Titans automatically pass any command checks made during the strategy phase of the first round. In addition, subtract two from any command checks made when issuing an order uh, to a Traitor Titan during the battle. This is massivo because you're playing with all Corrupted Titans. That's Meaning at least you off the bat. Exactly. And that means also Sight Titans will never... Um, well, in the oh, first round so only that cool. happens. Uh, it is yes, yeah, so in the first round, but they will never. Um, I I forgot what the side titan thing is when they go crazy, like they have their own table, but it, it'll never they'll never hurt themselves uh, on the first turn. So yeah, that's really good. And actually, by the way, I should say, Dave. Yeah. The minus two. Uh, as well, the way I'm rating it, mm -hmm. the minus two is for the entire battle. It does say that, yeah, Plus, during the battle. Any command checks at the first turn. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that first turn, you're not going to get any hurt on your side titans from failing a command check. So that's really cool. I like that. Um, the veil, oh, the veil weak, weakens as the battle progresses. The energies unleashed by both sides cause the emergence of warp onto Kato, uh, twisting the very surface of the planet itself. During the end phase of each round, the first player rolls a d6. Adding one to the result for each round beyond the first. On a six plus, the warp is unleashed, twisting the surrounding hive into a nightmarish landscape. If the warp has not been unleashed by the end phase of the fourth round, it is automatically unleashed. While the warp is unleashed, the mission uses the following battlefield rules. So the entire battlefield changes. During this battle, if a reactor roll... Oh, sorry, Visions of Madness. So this happens when the warp happens. Yep. 
Visions of Madness. During this battle, if a reactor roll shows the machine spirit symbol, the Titan's machine spirit or entity is automatically awakened. No command check is rolled. Yep. So this sucks for Psy Titans because uh, the Psy Titan table for failing that check is extremely damaging to themselves. Um, I mean, they have alpha level psychers on their arms. Shit's going to happen. Um, for Corrupted Titans, as you saw on the Corrupted table, it's any man's guess what happens. Mm. Uh, distorted reality. At the end of each round, players can roll a D6 for each of their Titans. They can roll, not must roll. Yeah. On a one, roll the location dice twice. That Titan's... Oh my God. That Titan suffers a point of critical damage to each location rolled, or two points of the same location is rolled twice. Ugh. So don't roll a one. On a two to five, the Titan may repair a single disabled weapon or one point of critical damage. Ooh, okay. On a six, the Titan repairs a single disabled weapon and up to two points of critical damage. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah anyway. unless you roll that one. I would do it anyway. <laughs> oh, no, I, it, it's designed to, you know, it's... Yeah. You don't yeah. know if it'll be good, but five out of six yeah. times it's good, so you do it. Oh, man. Uh, deployment. Trader deploys within 12 inches of the center of the table. The lowest player then deploys their units anywhere on the board more than 12 inches from an enemy unit. So it is a very, very, very close-range battle. Um, exceptionally so. In the first round, the loyalist, the loyalist player chooses who will take the Opus Titanic and be the first player. The loyalists can choose the battle ends. The battle lasts only six rounds, after which the target forces have been broken or the loyalists have failed to blunt their assault. If all the units controlled by either player are destroyed at any point during this battle, the battle ends immediately. So, victory conditions. At the end of the battle, calculate the total number of points the loyalist player has destroyed from the traitor forces. Units which have not been destroyed but are structurally compromised, or in the case of household sports units, have lost more than half of its models, count as half their points rounding down when calculating their total points. About at least 75% of the total point value of Trader Forces has been destroyed. The Loyalist player claims victory. If less than 75, but at least 60 um, of the Trader Forces have been destroyed, the battle is a draw. And if less than 60, the Trader Forces have been destroyed, uh, the Trader player claims a victory. And that is essentially the mission. Thoughts, comments, concerns? I, Subscribe. I, so I only play currently with Trader stuff in general when I play. Therefore, I've never used any of these Psy Titans. I think this is a great way. I mean, obviously, it's a Psy Titans on steroids because your whole side will be nothing but Psy Titans. But I do think Ooh. that is very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. So, so ever, many know? beams. I was going to say, do you know what the Psy Titan gun is? Um, I believe so. It's been a bit since I've looked at it, but yeah. So the Psy Titan gun ignores void shields. And Steve can correct me because I don't have the rules in front of me, but I do know it ignores void shields. Oh, it's I play in my against, car. Yeah, I, I, I play against Josh's, that's why. So it ignores void shields. It's, mm -hmm. I believe, D3 shots. It is strength 12. Um, but you have that's to roll beam. for it. So and it's beam, so it can pass through shit. And it ignores void shield. Um, the big thing being that, you know, it ignores void shield being strength 12. It fucking hurts all the time, no matter what. Again, you have to roll for it, and if you roll bad, there is no good roll on the table. I think the worst result is literally you take, like, strength 12 hits on your body. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's because, essentially, it, the gun itself has literally... It's, it's, it's ammunition is literally like a revolver of Alpha, alpha Legion Psychers. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's fires the most them out. It's dark, stupid shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Yes. It's literally so, a revolver... Titan. 
are commanded by like high tier blanks that have the willpower to control Titan. Mm. And then it is fueled by banks and banks of alpha grade psychers. Basically with like cattle needle things. Like like can't remember the name of them, but just, just ready to time, fucking plunge that needle in if even a hint of possession shows up. It, it it there's it, it's really it's just good. It's such a cool weapon and anything. But it there is no like good version. You know, like the corrupted Titan table or the awakened Titan table has some good things that happen in case you might like not. You know, it's got like oh you fire a weapon that's not bad. No, if you fuck up this, it hurts. It like it really really hurts. Um, but I could like all and it's always restricted to one. And I'm like eh, who cares? Beam ignores facing off against all side Titans. When I was reading this, I, was, I skipped over the um. When I was reading this, I skipped over, like, the rule creation, the battle group creation. I was like, oh, God, 75% of the forces, that's so hard to do. Like, And then I went back and I read what the forces were, which was the Psy Titan. I'm like, oh, my God. And don't forget, Psy Titans get bonuses against Corrupted Titans. Yes, they but do. But there's nothing giving Corrupted Titans bonuses against Psy Titans. Psy Titans. It's, so that 75% uh, is actually doable. How many Absolutely. points is a Psy Titan? Um, it is an upgrade to a warlord, and it's about was it three hundred points? I, I want to say the minimum it can be is like around five hundred fifty. No, that's a so, warlord. A psi titan's more like eight hundred minimum. Oh really? Oof. Yeah, they are. I'm curious. Pricey. Because they gain all the psychic stuff. They have a. The cost oh, that's of right. they have the psychic uh, powers too. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. They have psychic powers. They have that giant weapon built into that cost, and they also get the the power claw built into the cost. You could upgrade that to other weapons if you want to. I wouldn't. You're um, starting twelve inches away from someone else. Yeah, be able to start that close. In fact, that you could go so fast with the Psy Titans. It, yes, you can increase their viable play. I see this as a pretty cool mission because, again, at first I was like, oh, God, 75% of the forces? That's a lot of onus on the loyalist player to do well. And then I went back and I was like, oh, my God, they're all Jesus Christ in heaven. Well, but so my question is, like, how many of these are you actually getting then? What was the points on this one? How many points can you do? Um, I think it's 3,000. 3,000 versus 2,500. So, so Warlord Sinister is what I should be looking at. There's six, yes. 685 base. And, oh, if you put the Power Claw on, you don't have to spend anything extra. Right. So 685 minimum for, for one of these boys. And the Carapace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Carapace as well. So minimum extra 15. And Epox minimum. Yeah. Yeah, so 15. 700 points. Is the minimum price on one of these if you want like nothing else because there, there's some other potential upgrades you could put on and you can play this one is how many points 25 2500 so, so you get three. three and then okay. some household support <laughs> can you I take them you can the, the loyalist forces no the loyalist force consists solely of psi titans 
Oh, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, all you get is side bluff for this. What they do is they have everything else in the area withdraw. And the trader titans are all out like hungry for blood. We have this bloodlust going, right? So they're looking and trying to find something to fight because like they're barely containing these demonic entities in the titans. So you know, they're easy to draw out into the square and then they spring the trap. Yeah. Because remember that seven hundred sight titans yeah. are agile. They are agile warlords. Well, four warlords, because they have all that psychic stuff going on. So they could accomplish things that regular titans can't in terms of control over the machine. Um, yeah. But if you fuck up... Yeah. It's fine. So so if you think about that, that weapon, Sinistra Manus. Sinistra Manus Tenebrae. Yeah. It's three dice of strength, ten. Short range, thirty. Long range, one twenty. Um, yeah, X value is one. Yeah, it is. It's beam with a value of one. It looks like. Yep. So each time you kill a titan, you pass on to the next thing in the line, dropping your dice value by one. Mm. So if you're hitting already wounded titans, you can just punch through them to the next one easily. Yeah. And you, they give you some extra room, so you're only going to field three. That's 2,100 points minimum, but you have a spare f- up to 400 points to do extras because that's with those weapons. Like, if you want a volcano cannon on it, that's going to be 55 extra points. Like, you can easily eat those up with anything else. With how close you are, you might not want the missiles. This might be the spot where Dan takes his beloved uh, paired laser blasters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a 50-point upgrade. So, like, you know, if you wanted to run that in all three, there's 150 of those extra 400 points. So, you know, and, and there's other war gear options that you could take. So, to, to kind of make up some of that difference. So, What I would consider doing to make this a very effective unit is I would open up with the Sinistra Manus, aiming for the body, and hoping that I could knock out the Void Shields. By getting two crits on there. So with strength 10, it's possible. You know? Yeah. Those two crits, collapse the voids, and then follow up with uh, Volkite targeting the body as a finisher. Oh, that also start to I, would do, I would do plasma, uh, macro Gatling targeting the body because you're so close. The Gatling Blast is already strength 7 with Ordnance. Mm, and it that gets is true. One. Yep, and it gets plus 1 at that close range. I would absolutely destroy with the Gatling. Yeah, no. I, I, like I, this, this one is... seems the coolest to me because it's a Titan yes. that you normally yeah. don't. I don't think it gets fielded as much. And plus, least... it gives you a reason to field not at all because you have to. Yeah, and you have to tack on. Normally, you have to tack on the um, sinister Titans two other manifolds. Yeah, which means you can't build around it. Like you have to build and then also have it, which means yeah. it's bigger games because it's like you said, minimum seven hundred points. And the cheapest Warhound Maniple was um, 600. So really looking at a 1,500-point game before you're using one, usually. Yeah. And at that point, it doesn't add much tactically in a game. And on top of that, for like a year and a half, they just weren't available to buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now, I, I, this would be fun to try to run through these three. It would take... 
it might take people's resources to do it. Same like that one. So that's three warlords you need for that. I know mm-hmm. I have two. So that's a thing where like, yeah, you might have to borrow from from other people around you to kind of make up the forces the way that they require them to be. But, yeah, I don't know anyone that has three sinister warlords. You're going to end up proxying that one. Oh, I yeah, you're just going to use my, warlords to proxy. I think with my entire circle, we might have three, but one of them is still in shrink. We we only have one in, in yeah. the group that I know. Yeah, we only I have one. I have one, yep. Yeah. But no, I, this I is actually very Brad cool. Brad has one. Yeah. This is cool. This is fun. You have to take corrupted. I yeah. wonder if you could run this one as a multiplayer game. How Ooh. so? How do you want to break it? That them? could be. So, like, I would split it up so that it's 3v3, a Warlord Sinister player versus a bunch of Corrupted Titans. Although it's going to feel bad for the Corrupted players, actually. So maybe a Corrupted player against three Warlord Sinister players. You could, I, was, I think you could. I don't think you it's know, needed, like, as like but a, you could. Just get, a lot of, just get a lot of people around the table kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Not necessarily, uh, this is a great multiplayer scenario, but like, uh, if you wanted to have multiple people just fucking around rolling dice at once, like that's the way you could do it. We've got three centerpiece models, each with the person attached to it. But, um, yeah. Oh, this one's cool. All, all three of these are cool. The first one, I could feel like you could drop with a few little tweaks. You could drop it into a event packet or something. Mm. And people go like, oh, this is cool. All right, I'll run this. These latter two, less so. Oh, very much so. Yeah, the latter two, you are you are planning ahead and deciding that you're going to do do that match or do this three part campaign and figuring out your forces to be able to fit it, and potentially barring some titans to do it. This is definitely you know like a larger collection level stuff. But all right, I think that uh, I think that does it for this particular narrative thing hopefully they keep giving us more narrative stuff giving us some some more uses for the titans we already have and um yeah. now we you have some go, strategies you gotta go through the books and see what else we is that is oh yeah i'm, I'm sure i'm sure there's stuff there. all I, those books have narrative missions in them i'd love to sit down and dig through them all with you guys too because yes some good stuff no i'd like to drink them. i'd like to actually try some of these i think this one being just a set of three this would be a good one to actually sit down and do We'll take that. Set of three. That's free to download. Yes. All right. When we when we get into some stratagems. So our goal with the stratagems, um, there's obviously universal stratagems, loyalist, and trader. Out of the trader book, there is I want to say it's about twelve. We we we're, we we have it. We know which ones to look at. But I don't have the exact count in front of me. But we're gonna look at for tonight just the ones that start with the phrase. This stratagem can be purchased by any trader player. Because those are the ones that are specific to this book and specific to what we've been talking about. In the future, once we've done the Loyalists, then we're going to go back and look at the Universals. Because then we can get a, a more complete and fuller picture. Because talking about it now, there's a whole nother 
what, 16 legios that they could apply to that we haven't even thought about yet, or at least I haven't. So where these particular ones are coming out of, if you're on page 172 in the trader book, if you're following along with us, it's under tricks and tactics stratagems. There is the first six of them there give us the phrase, this strategy can be purchased by any trader player. The next set come from the warp trickery stratagems. Those are obviously all trader based. And then the very last one is the tertiary objective one. So those are the ones that we are specifically going to talk about tonight. We'll do our normal sort of round robin around it. Um, I think we should endeavor not to sit on the fence. We either should like something, and you can like with caveats. You can dislike with caveats, but the kind of, uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, no, let's, let's, is it, it, you know, should we want it or should we not? Because if you can only think, well, yeah, I can make it work under these crazy circumstances, it's not good. Or, oh, I can see the one case where this fails. If it only fails in one case, then it's actually pretty good. So I think that's something we should. One uh, caveat I have in. is that I want to do my one favorite strategy. Wait, that's it. Okay, that's fine. Um, you know what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, when we get to it, yeah. Not. All right, otherwise we'll probably just round robin as we normally do. So I'll um I'll grab the first one then. So this like I said, it's on page one seventy two, tick tricks and tactics stratagems. I've listened to Dan too much tonight's the problem. So the first one it's Warmaster's portion. This stratagem could be purchased by any trader player. Excuse me. Nope, there goes the sneeze that I thought was gonna show up. It says play this stratagem in the strategy phase of the first round. During the movement and combat phase of the first round, the player's Titan can reroll once when making hit rolls. And it costs three points for this one. I don't know if I mentioned the cost. So it costs three points, and in the first round, during movement and combat, you can reroll your ones when making hit rolls. For three. In a standard game, you're getting how three many stratagem so points? Expensive. Yeah. Three is so expensive for a must-be-played turn one strat. Because we're talking... Like it's a it's a nice perk, but it must be turn one, and it's three points. Two points and must be turn one, okay, but it's it's too expensive. Ag agreed. Because you're if we're thinking sort of the standard 1750-ish range, and you're using the thing of, oh, we both have a Legio, therefore I get the extra two points, we're talking like five points you probably have. Maybe six, you're playing a little bigger, but we're not talking much more than that. So this is at least half of your points. To first turn to be able to reroll your ones, I I don't see off of the guns that I'm coming to mind with how you make this worth it. Apocalypse missiles is about is it's the list. You know what? There's the one build. Yeah. That remember that stupid warlord build with the experimental overcharged missiles? Yeah. You know the one. The one that blows itself up in one salvo. Yeah. You do it on that. That's the only way to make it work. But you also have to spend, I think, three points to build that one too. So it doesn't work unless you're no. playing a big game, and even then, that's your entire thing. And, and you're saving that warlord for an extra turn because turn two it could blow itself up when you don't have to reroll ones anymore. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the guns, just the the ones that I would want to get these rerolls on. You know, that maybe the higher die value guns short range. or something. Yeah, the shorter range. You know, oh, maybe my Bellicosa or something like that. Oh, I rolled the one I would miss. Okay, I get a reroll on that. 
don't get me wrong. It's not that it's not useful, but I shouldn't be spending three of my points to be able to do that. Maybe if I'm running tons and tons of APOC missiles. Maybe if... Dan, can you... Your shoot again is three points, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because like your shoot again, yeah, if it was cheaper... Again. Yeah, shoot again for one heat. I'd rather take that. Sorry. Yeah. No, because I was even oh, thinking if it was cheaper, oh, shoot again. I have two warlords and some extra boys, and they all got Apox. I'm using it first round, and you're not going to have a shield left. But again, I need a bigger game because I need at least six stratagem points. No, Maybe I, that's why it's three, just in case of pairing with Furians. That's probably why. It's probably. I'm sure it's if we if we either, after going through this list, or if we really went back through and thought about all the combinations, they probably made it three because they thought, hmm, there's this one sort of thing where it might be too much. Okay, make it three. Furians, or like you said, or or or, uh, or some legion that gets better APOC missiles because there's like I think more than one. But otherwise, no. I think it's I think it's just unfortunately I don't think it's good. So, though I like that. I like our non fence sitting. Definitive. Yeah, that was. This is our yeah, not pass. Yeah. Pass. All right, Dan, take us through these through these dark gifts. Of course, you give me the biggest one. Okay. Uh, I did. This strategy can be purchased by any trader player. It's also three, by the way. Mm -hmm. Play this strategy in the strategy phase of the first round. The player chooses one of their titans. Each time the titan pushes um, its reactor, the player can choose to place a token on the titan's command terminal instead of rolling the reactor die, gaining the benefit of pushing the reactor without advancing the reactor. Once this Titan has three tokens placed on the terminal, they are discarded, and the strategy no longer has any effect. Um, I could see its use I'm gonna, I'm in gonna, a yeah. corrupted Titan build, oh. because it saves you from having to risk the demon taking over, especially in the scenarios you spent over where you roll two dice on the reactor die. That'll see it useful for Furians, because they roll two dice for the reactor dice. I'd rather but, still take again three is expensive yeah i i essentially you get three get out of jail cards on one of your titans i still don't like it uh, maybe it's no. just me it's too I, expensive i still don't like it i if I, it I'm was i would be fine if it was keep it all the same but make it two now now i feel like i'm getting something from it because i still have some points left to do some other cool stuff when it's three points, that means I'm probably getting realistically like one other stratagem, maybe two, but not getting much else. And it's only occurring three times, which again is nice, but depending on what I put it on, I could blow through two of those in just the first round if I'm pushing to both um, locomotors and stabilizers. Phase. Yeah, you you could be out the first turn. And this, I don't even, so maybe I'm just going to disagree. I don't even see this as a two-point strategy, to be honest. I hate to say it like that. I don't even see this as a two-point strategy. I just don't if like this. If you of heat as a two, I guess, is a thing. Like in a Warhound army. You got that one Warhound you want to push all the time. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like but like, even then, like, it's just rough. Yeah. It, at three, there's no way at three. All right. So again, I think it's because two, of Furians. Even at two, it's me. I blame Furians. That's yep. why it costs three. So the pairing would be really good. So, so here, here's the question then: How do we fix it? If we were the Maybe game creators, we have this. How would we fix this? Keeping the general Maybe theme, you can change some basics, but keeping the general idea, how do you fix it? So, 
keep it all game long, like it doesn't cap at three, mm-hmm. but you risk losing it and make it a little bit cheaper to compensate for the risk that you lose after one. So say, for example, roll a die on a one or two, you know, the gifts have crashed, you got a 404 error, and it no longer works. You so know, two points, you can use it all game long, but you roll a die each time. You could even or do... you roll a die, and you want to roll above how many dice you've added. Yeah. So that the first one, you're probably good on. Second one, probably good on. Third one, a little dicey. Fourth one, yeah. And you know you're getting it max six times, but at least, like, one or two. In the um, in the scenarios we just read, they did a lot of, oh, when you do this, I, you know, um, I think it was the first one I read. Oh, put a counter on, roll a die, and when you know, add your number of counters. When you get a six or better, bad thing happened. I say, I see one of two ways. You want to make this cheap. I could say put it to one stratagem point, and every time you use it, put a counter, roll a die. The second you hit a six, it stops. And if you want a little bit more of a downside, because like maybe it's a little too good, when it goes off, that is, you know, the gods no Shield longer. Fa- yeah, something bad happens to you, or you get some D three strength, whatever hits to your body as you know the the power of the gods has left you. If you're too worried about it being uh, too good, I see that as one fix. My other fix, if you want to keep it at three points, make it. You could even make it say army wide, just the first round, like the last one. Okay, my Titans can can put, can really get done what they need to, but then it's all over. But do something because this is no good. <laughs> See, for me, it's, it's like, like I, this is so tame for Dark Mechanicum. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what's funny? I wouldn't even change like the core. I don't mind the core. I don't mind it working three times. That's fine. It's nice. There's no downside to it. Just make it cost two. Even, I, I, it, there's no downside to. It. Don't even add a downside. Don't add it. Don't change it. Just don't make it cost. Two stratagems or three stratagems make it cost two. Yeah. Because now you're not even changing like any of the special rules. You're not changing, and it's just make it cheaper so yeah. that people take it. For anyone, for anyone listening to this, I, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this on, on a podcast thing, there's not really a, great ways to get back to us. Although I do want to start like a Facebook for it, so that way we can have more interactional. But if you're listening on YouTube, if you have particular thoughts about that. Especially for some of these when we're sitting there saying they're not good. Or if you think one is not good, I'm curious what people think they would change. Because I, I, I like our ideas. Because I agree. I think at three, I wouldn't even look at this. Where you make one of those changes, maybe I consider it. All right. Uh, how, about, how, about that? how about that bloodthirst then? Yeah. Bloodthirst. This is a one-pointer. Ah, something I finally fit into any roster I want. Um, this strategy we purchased by an trainer player. Play this in any strategy phase. Oh my goodness, I can choose when I do this. For the duration of the round, the Titans, um, the players' Titans may add two to any hit rolls made against enemies within two inches. Holy shit. In addition, you add two to your command checks and try to issue the charge order. Holy shit, yes. There, there's nothing bad about this. No, this one's Plus great. Plus the command check means you're more likely to get the charge order. And getting plus two to hit, not just for melee, but for all your hit rolls within two inches. So uh, if you've got a Gatling, right, and you really want to make sure you core a Titan, yeah, plus two to hit's nice. This is, I, this should be a two-pointer. This is so good. And it's entirely, entire, oh my god, all of your Titans. This is so good. Yes, every time. 
Oh Smash. shit! Yeah, it's players oh, okay. Titans. I didn't notice that at first. Yeah. I assumed one. It's not oh, a Titan. It's yeah, all of them. That is insane. Why have I never chosen this? I don't think I've ever seen this one. I, 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 in my mind, the only reason it's quick zone wipe wipe Dan's memory. <laughs> the reason why it's probably a one pointer is because you need very particular Titans to make this worthwhile. If you're not running yeah. a lot of close combat stuff. It's not going to do you any good. And that's probably why. Like, on an average person's army, this is probably helping a titan. But if you really want to take this, you could make it for several. Um, Counterpoint. Yeah. Smash attacks are still quality attacks. Agreed. And especially if you add two to hit army, rolls, yeah, that would help a lot. If they're, especially if they're corrupted. Because yeah. they can take the extra attacks on the the um upgrades if they want to like if you even consider this stratagem and if you even consider close combat this is so easy to make so good this yeah. makes turbo lasers great up close on warhounds like oh they got close let me just get under their shield and get a plus two to hit countering the minus one for tar for um targeting and the slightly worse ballistic skill so it's three up targeted underneath the shields for example Followed by a smash to finish it off. Like it's just good. Actually, because if if you're close enough, you're within the two. It's a steal for one. Yeah, you you could still be using your ranged weapons, which for most titans puts oh. them on a four or a five, something worse. Plus two. Now you're essentially hitting close as good as you usually do from a distance. You just have to get close. Yep. Um, Targeted shots from a Gatling on a two. Yeah. No, I I like this one. This one's very very good. I'm surprised I've never seen it, to be quite honest. There's a lot of stratagems. It's I, easy to miss pretty, this shit. This should be a two-pointer. This should be a two-pointer. Because I take Easily. this, like, I auto-take. If you play against me and I'm playing Furians, I auto-take the three-point stratagem. Like, that, it's too good for me, right? Mm. It, to fire an extra weapon per the, in the mana pool, um, and then, like, it's only a one-heat's too good. So I'm always, I'm only always playing with two stratagem points, essentially, right? Yeah. I've never seen this one. No, this one's I very good. I, I think the only reason it's not more than one point, and maybe may because it is actually appropriately priced, it's not more than one point because you do have to get within those two inches. And yeah, you could shoot for it, but it's probably a little bit more. It's going to be tougher to get multiple Here's Titans within that range. So It scales so aggressively, though, because it's it everyone, not even just a maniple. Yeah. No, agreed. So aggressively scaling. No, no this is a good Dan's one. Dan's got no, that's no, just your Titans. Hey, it makes up for some of the, the first two. They needed something. Yeah. All right. Talk about, so this, the next one I've actually taken in the past. So living metal, sorry, living armor, three points, um, can be purchased by anyone who's a trader or player. Play this stratagem in any strategy phase. The player chooses one of their Titans and a location of the chosen Titan has suffered structural damage. You then roll D10. If the result is equal to or higher than the amount of structural damage suffered, all damage to the location is repaired. Otherwise, there's no effect, but you retain the stratagem and you can try it again later. Um, the first thing I love is that if you fail, you don't lose it. So you're not spending three points and losing everything. You can try again. Um, you take a look at your structural damage, roll a d10, and if it's equal to or higher, just it's fully repaired. 
I did it once. I want to say it was on a warlord who had taken his full pips worth of damage, rolled high enough, cleaned off the whole body all over again. Um, I think it was against me. Yes, I, I'm, I'm sure it was actually because this it was a it was a while ago that I did it. Um, and at that time, I think it was basically me and you playing, and then it, it kind of uh, grew up from there. But th- this one I like. I, I think it is very good. I think the fact that it's three points means if you're not taking Honestly, if you're not taking a warlord or or bigger, I don't think you honestly really want this. Maybe on a reaver, maybe you can make that argument, but anything smaller, it's a it's a waste. But if you're taking bigger, heavier titans, this this is good. This is a fun one at least. And it can get you some good results. Uh I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know if either of yeah. you have used it or how you feel about spending so many points for it. Use this one. This my, one's really nice. My Titans don't die to shots usually. <laughs> I, I usually end up killing my own Titans. Right, well, you could unkill them. The Warmaster. Yeah, sorry, the um, like the, the kind of class and all. It's eight on its big tracks, so you technically could even heal those up. So it is possible. That's a Reaver. Reavers is two, four, six. So yeah, it's still not bad, but I I like it. It can't be cheaper. It definitely can't be cheaper. So, if you have three points and you're worried about it, I think you can get some good, something good out of this one. No, absolutely. I definitely see the value in it. Because repairing structure is not a typical thing. No. It's what? This and the one custom leisure you could build? Yeah. Right? That's That's, it? That's the only thing. There might be something else in a book, but I don't know of it. it. It's exceptionally difficult to do. All right. How about these uh, War of Fates there, Dan? Or are you not there anymore? That got weirdly quiet. Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, he he said to let you take the next one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just saw now. Stratagem. War of Fates. This stratagem can be purchased by any trader player. Play this stratagem in any strategy phase. Before the movement phase... Damage control phase and combat phase. The player rolls a d10. If the result is an odd number for the duration of that phase, any roll of a six counts as one, any d uh, sorry any d6 roll of six counts as one, and any d10 roll of ten counts as one. If it's an even number, any d6 of one counts as six, any d10 roll of one counts as ten. <laughs> ah, wait, what? It's so... all topsy turvy. So if so if, if it's, it's odd, it's bad. If it's even, it's good. Yes. M- mostly. There could be times on the D10 that you want a 1 or something like that. That's Right, 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 right. This is and each phase it changes for that. In any strategy phase. Turn. Yeah. You play in the strategy phase, then the movement you roll, in damage control you roll, and in combat you roll. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Before the movement phase, yeah, yes, actually, yeah, it can vary from each one. So it at least doesn't screw you if you roll the odd number in the movement phase that you're odd the whole time. You get another roll at it later. Yeah. Yeah, each phase you roll. It's it's beautiful as a one-pointer because it's like, I want to do something weird and funky. Yeah. Boom. I don't know what else to do. That said, I would take Bloodthirst first. Yes. Um, 
this is it, the fluffy it, it's a choice. It's one more than a good one. Yes, th this is the fluffy if choice. If you're a fan of Zinch, this is what you do. If you're playing um, Interfector, take this. This should be like the first one yes. you take because it fits Not so well. It's good, but because it fits so well, exactly. Yeah. And it and the thing is, it can be actually really, really good. If you if if you happen to roll the even in say the shooting phase, your big titans are only missing on a two. You know, you're gonna max wow. out your damage on you know one third of the time. So like you can get awesome results. It can be awful, but you can get very good results. So it could be really good. All right, I'm ready. All right, <laughs> I'm back. What what? Okay, you're you're back. Okay, welcome. We were back. going through War of Fates and how it's hilarious. Nothing about that needs to change. You know, it, it, if if you are having a fun game, just take it because it'll be fun. Absolutely. Yeah, much. I was reading it right now. It yeah. looks good. All right. Take us right. through that war, war lust, lust then. Now that you've returned here, war lust two strategy points. Oh, good, good. have we had a two pointer yet? Actually, um, no, they all been ones or threes. They're all higher low. Yeah. This is the last of the traders in um, trick and tricks and tactics. Yes. Um, war lust. This strategy can be purchased by any trade player. Play this strategy in any strategy phase for the duration of the round. The player titan adds uh, plus two to their boosted speed characteristics. In addition, the player Titan adds two to their command checks when attempting to issue the full stride order. I like this. This is the one I was thinking of last week. Yeah, this is this oh, is a okay. good one. It's two Remember the trader princeps trait is it could be plus one move or plus one um, turn. Yes, I was like, I know there's a way to get another two inches on movement. This is the thing. I've seen people because you get thing. a twelve inch move reaver or a nine inch move yeah. warlord with that combo. And you can also combo this with other movement abilities or something like that as well. No, this makes and you can this makes a reaver really fast, especially a melee reaver really fast. Oh, a good one. I like this one. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, no, this one's a good one. It absolutely can do you a lot of good, especially if your goal, if you have a lot of melee stuff, you really want to get up the board because it's for the round. So you can use it in movement phase, and if you way. get the order, you can use it again later. So, so it's an extra four inches oh. at least. How I saw this used, if by the way, play... was... Go ahead, go for it. Okay. Um, how I saw this used was with a, um Iconoclast, because it's all the player titans, not all the player titans in a maniple. Yes. Iconoclast so, and whatever help they can oh, get I moving. You really move titan. Yeah, you move a mate. Um, let's ignore one of the other, my favorite stratagem. Move a mate. You basically pass your command check to move him another eight. You move 16 up the board. That's yeah. yikes. Yeah. That's that's scary. This would be a great one if you are playing the missions out of the core rule book and you get stuck with vital cargo. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, an extra four inches of movement this turn. Let's try to just book it. Um, yeah, no, there are absolutely ways to really make this one work for you. It's a go for me. I like it. All right. I just said that was the last under the tricks and tactics stratagems. So for yep. the other things that are purely just trader based is the warp trickery stratagem. So I'll I'll start us off here. Um and that gets Dan to the one that he wants. So that works well. Yes, yep, yep, yep. So um just as planned. Yeah. The first one is the localized warp storm. So it's three points. Uh, of course it has to be a trader uh, trader to play it. Um, play the strategy in any strategy phase. You put the three-inch blast marker anywhere down, scatter at a D10. 
Any unit touched by the marker after it is scattered takes D3 hits as if attacked by a warp weapon that has successfully hit. Um, the warp weapon, is that the what, the D3 warp plus one. one now? No, so that's vo That's um, that's the void one you're thinking of. Okay. Warp is the classic warp missile. We're on a one does nothing. A two to three is it does like a devastating. And then a four up is a critical. It's been a long time. I'm going oh, man, through my book right now to go to look it up. Two years. It's been two years since I shot one of those things off. I'm trying yeah. to find it right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through. I'll, I'll, I'll find that. Um, What I can say while I take a look. Uh, Oh, here it is. Yep. Uh, on a one, on a result of one, one structure. Two to three, D3 structure. Four to six, critical. So 50, close. Yeah, 50% is a critical hit. Otherwise, it's some amount of structure. Um, and you get D3 hits of that. My... So a scatter, very small. a scatter of a D10, but your Titan doesn't reduce it at all. So you could put it down and then just scatter eight, seven, eight so inches to a, nothing. Yeah. So it's a one and three, you roll the hit. You could. And then on a Warhound, um, a one... I think a two might still hit. I'm trying to remember. So Warhound is inch, so over three inches. Yeah, a one or a, a one or a two will still clip a Warhound. Yeah. Um, and a three will still clip a Reaver if it's along the the uh, the length of it. Yeah. And I think a four still clips a Warlord if it's along the end of it. It so should if you're going to math works out too. It's like it's a little over a third. It's more like would it be a third and then. Um, a fifth to hit. A, th a fifth the misses. So, math people, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, it, you're supposed to see what I did to poor Dave on Friday. I felt sorry. No, it was it's fine. I'll call it a forty percent chance, forty five percent, something like that. Well, Not super reliable, but if it hits, it's going to hit hard. Yeah, but that's it's expensive because of the potential. I mean, I mean, to ma to math it out, we'd have to do a whole, whole lot of work because you'd actually have to uh, essentially be thinking about it in terms of concentric circles moving around of different distances. But yeah, it's probably forty some percent because you have thirty three percent chance you're just going to hit, and then scaling out from there depending on what you're hitting against. Maybe a little better. Forty seven ish. Yeah, it's I at least forty seven percent chance you hit because you have a third of hitting. And then you have a one in five that you only scattered two inches. Yeah. And, and, and again, it could be a little bit better. It depends on directions. So it's it's not – I don't think it's bad because of that. My problem is if I'm going to spend three points, if you're not – now, if you you're bunched know, up. You want to know. Yes. Yeah. If I'm spending three points, I want to know I can get it. Or like for three points, all right, ooh, are you bunching your stuff together? Because if so – now I feel a little bit better because I can Here's place it anywhere. I can you, put it between you. For deployment, though, you don't know how they're going to deploy. No. Unless and, you have a long-term experience with the player and understand their thought processes. Yeah. So I, this is like a metagame selection more than an in-game selection. And the other thing is there's other two bits of random. So there's random while I even get you. 
and then it's random how many hits on warp I get. I could get three, which is great, or get one. And then the table itself is random. Because even if I get three hits, if I roll a, a two, a one, and maybe another one or a two, I might not actually be doing that much to you. If I roll great, I might kill you. But if I roll really poorly, I could do almost nothing. So I could spend three points and very likely... Almost jack shit. Yeah, uh, probably not harm you meaningfully. Even if I hit you, there's a reasonable chance I honestly don't really do much to you. You know, or let's say I get a single crit on you. All right, repair phase is coming up. You you could repair it off. So I it, it's too expensive. I don't know if it could be cheaper. I don't know if that would be okay if it was cheaper. Maybe way too good. But at three, I, I you know, unless I'm taking things because they fit a very very fun fluff, there's better ways to spend your points to get some reliability. I think you can reasonably make an argument to make this two two um, strategy points. I think you can make a reasonable argument. No one would kind of disagree with you that this should be two, especially no, when you have something like strafing, strafing run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, I, I think I, this is a good toolbox thing to have in writing a custom scenario. Yeah. Hey, you want to put a warp storm on your on your table? Cool. Here's an idea for what it could do effect-wise. Have fun. I would not take this as a strat. No. And and I you know what? This... In... So hold on. Go I can ahead. see this being... Does Warp affect Night Titans at all? Uh, it, well, yes, because it, it causes structure and critical fight. hits, potentially. So maybe an argument can be made if you're facing a knight player because they have to bunch up their units. They have to bunch up. So if you're facing knights, there could be some utility. Okay. Especially yeah. if that, they have can, if you're doing this in the middle of everything. What's the chances of doing a crit? Well, it was a uh, 50%, four up. Oh, 50%? Yeah. yeah four I, up. I, because, of, because of knight, because there's, their profiles are so big, right? Well, not their profile, their squad size is so big, you can reasonably make a justification for 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 taking it against them i could see that I, 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 that i can see but other I than do that know. It's the unit is hit not the models in the yeah unit for the weapon effects yeah yeah, yeah. just for anyone at home just no, no, keep oh, that yeah, sorry, yeah. it's not you, you i'm over hit... three night bases it's if you touch the unit so what's nice is that you're very likely to hit the unit because the unit takes up so much ground that the effective base for the unit becomes massive for something like this. Um, but, yeah. You would have to go early game with this, though, I feel, if you were trying to hit knights. Yes. But, yeah, no, there's some utility there, especially if they happen to have, like, an Acastus, um banner of two, like, right in the middle of everything, since they can be the boss now, once yeah. again. It's okay. In that scenario, against Titans, I don't know if I if I take it. No, you yeah, don't take I, it. I don't see taking it against Titans. I agree. I'll agree with that. All right, Dan, tell us about your baby there. Yes. All right, my baby. So for those at home, um, this is a so I only play with one stratagem point in my games because I always take this stratagem and I always take the Furion stratagem. I don't think I've ever played with any. I've I've and I've gotten pretty good at now using it correctly so warp displacement two strategy points 
This strategy can be purchased by any trading player. We already know that. So play this strategy in any phase. The player chooses one of their units and rolls 2d6. Models within the chosen unit move that many inches in a straight line in any direction chosen by the player, ignoring any rules for movement such as dangerous or blocking terrain uh, when moving. If the unit would be placed in a piece of terrain, other than blocking terrain, the unit suffers D3 strength 7 hits to the body, bypassing void shields, and the terrain is destroyed. If the unit is uh, sorry, if the unit would be placed in a piece of blocking terrain, the unit is destroyed. If the unit would be placed o uh, overlapping the base of another unit, the unit stops at the base and suffers a collision. This does not change the unit's facing, and the unit cannot move off the battlefield. If it would, place the unit at the battlefield's edge. This, I dare say, when played correctly, can be one of the most powerful stratagems in the entire book. I have used this to uh, in the stratagem phase. When I, right after I, um, or, or, or sorry, in the movement phase, when I give a charge order and I act, when I activate the Titan, I play this and I reposition him and then charge him out from behind a building. I've used this to, to defend my Titans. Like if someone charges into my Titan, I, um, warp displacement out of the way, Right. I've used this to uh, win missions where I get my, my Warhound warp displaced with the Plague Cargo into the deployment zone. Um, this I feel like this is one of those stratagems where you have to know how to play it, but if you do, it's, it's the same reason why Eldar Trickery was so bullshit back in the day. It, it, it gives you, it could at least, give you extra money. You can always roll a double one. That does suck. But with the average being 6 or 7 on 2d6, it, you're going to get some movement on this. And it also works for knights. Yes. I have gotten many, many surprise lancers. Ah, Theric won't make it this turn. Oh, never mind. They're making it this turn. And and, and the, the downside of what bad things happen to you, you roll the dice and then you pick the direction of the way this is worded? Correct. So You then pick direction. Yeah, so you can then figure out what's the right way. Oh, I only got six inches. Okay, that way is the way that will kill me. Okay, go to the side. Like, There's cases where it might not help you. But the case where you get destroyed, you shouldn't have tried using it. You're like surrounded by, you know, impassable terrain or something like that. Like it, this, this will always, to my mind, this will always help. You can, if you, when you use it, you can always use it in a time that will be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. And, and mentioning the defensive uses, I think, is good because I don't know if a lot of people would think about using it as a way to save yourself or to accomplish the goal. It's not really just about killing someone. There's some other very good uses for this one. I've used this to, literally. So what I did was, I remember um, it was a Plasma, Gatling, and, um, oh, God, Plasma, Gatling, and Laser Blaster Warlord. Mm -hmm. It got charged a full nine. Actually, I think it got full 12 inches from a Reaver. Because he had extra movement buffs. All right. So, um, so anyway, I knew he was going to get the charge off, right? Mm -hmm. And he's right in front of my warlord. So, and we knew he was in range. So, right at the beginning of the strategy phase, I go say warp displacement, and I just yeeted him out of the way. <laughs> and now that buffed up Reaver doesn't do shit. Another thing to note: you play this in any phase. Which means uh -huh. that Vox Blackout cannot block this. Nope. Mm -hmm. Because you go, oh, I can't do it in the strategy phase? Okay, I'll do it in the repair phase. I'll do it in the movement phase. I'll do it in the end phase if I have to. Yeah. 
No, it's just, it's just all around good. If you if you have melee stuff, great pick. If you don't, still a very cagey pick. I've used this. Uh, I've used this with uh, my warlord who doesn't have any melee weapons. Yeah, I just I eat him forward. He's got one point of critical damage left. He's in the red. Yeet him forward. <laughs> He's a nuclear weapon now. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. No, it's 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 good. Just in general, it is just very good. All right. Uh, yeah. That puts right. Steve That's to tough. the profane blessing. Um, Whales of the Damned, actually. Oh, Whales of the Damned. Yep. Missed that one. Whales of the Damned. Two-pointer. This strategy can be purchased by a trader player. Play the stratagem during any strategy phase. For the remainder of that round, subtract two for command checks made by enemy units or issuing orders. There is no range on this one. No. So it is, you know, just a debuff to your enemy. So maybe it has uses? Like if it's like, oh, wow, he really needs those critical repairs. I'm going to drop this. So I'll go with the, 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 the channel standard and say, ah, oh, command, we don't care about that. Throw it out the window. Eh. I... Uh, infinite range everyone's affected that is nice because it's when you know you play it in your critical turn where you want to shut your opponent's chance to tweak their titans it has a use i would gonna say that it is good it's not great but it's definitely playable no i i, I so like it pass. yes like 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 positive check gets the check agreed i to me it gets a positive because it's also for the whole round you know and it's board wide and you know it's all command checks yes not it's just orders no no and that's the thing because it's command checks not orders so there's a lot of other little bits you can do and a, a two is a big number especially if they happen to be running a lot of smaller titans if they're running a lot of warhounds you know putting a two on that is really going to cause them issues you know now i i think this one's good especially if 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 you're whatever legion legio decent if you're one of the legios that also causes some extra minuses well now i can almost guarantee for that turn you're just not getting the orders you want or you know you're making sure to issue you know oh you really want the one on your warlord and you'd kind of you know or you really want the one on this one well maybe you have to order the issue the one you're not sure of first cuz you might fail or later when you had to command check because of something else. Like, nah, I think it's good. So especially if you can mess with, if you mess with command checks otherwise. If you do extras with command checks, I think this could really do you a lot of good. Um, that's what, two points? Two points. Yeah. That's, yeah. Not, that's not bad. Actually, what's funny is, what is the box blackout is now, what, three? Ooh, why you ask that? Find it. I don't know what it is. Oh, man. Is it in this? Watch it not be in. I'm like, fuck. Oh, God. It's in the Loyalist book. I'm actually not seeing it in here. I was going to say, Vox Blackout is three. This is kind of a cheap Oh, it is three. It is three. It's on the previous page. It is three. Okay. Yep, there it is. And and it does for more. And the other thing is Vox Blackout stops everyone. Like, you don't get your stuff with that. Here, you still do. Very Very true. Very true. Yeah, because it's only on the enemy. So I'll still get what I want or have a chance of getting what I want. I've hurt your chances. And I've done it for cheaper. So I I, I like it. All right. Um, I think that puts me to Profane Blessing then. Um, Again, hey, you got to be sure to take this stuff. 
Play the stratagem in the first strategy phase of the game. The player chooses one of their titans or knight banners and places a marker of some kind next to its command terminal. That unit may choose to reroll one or more dice for a single roll. For example, they can reroll a command check or all failed hit rolls from a single attack weapon. Discard the marker after rerolls have been resolved. You can take this stratagem multiple times. Um, so yes. you can choose to reroll one or more dice from a single roll for one. If you have volume of dice stuff or that absolutely critical roll, this is fantastic. Yeah. The only thing that is a downside is the fact that it's assigned to specific titans before the game starts. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that to me sort of pulls it away from liking it because I have to assign it to one of them. And when, when I think of stratagems, oh, it's not bad. You do this, you're going to get use out of this. But stratagem points are your most limited resource. You have like five. Maybe you have six. Here's one of your points, and I better know ahead of time where I want it. You can probably make a guess. If you got, like, I got my big heavy warlord with great guns, and then I got some small boys, you probably want it there. But there's no guarantee it's the right choice. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Because I don't want to sit on the fence about things, so I'm going to go with no. I'm going with yes. One point's cheap and it's rerolls. Yeah. All right, Dan. I'm usually left. No, I'm usually left with one point anyway, and that's really nothing. Sometimes I could see a, an occasion. I could see a couple occasions where I could be like, all right, I got one point. I'm gonna give my warlord, my brawling warlord, the ability to reroll. No, I, 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 I like this one. Again, that's because I, I'm speaking from a position of my army, but I could see this with use in my army. Yeah. All right. So tell us All about right. that ground yeah, you there. Got the next one. Ah, the unhallowed ground, sir. Um, play this strategy in the first strategy phase of the game. <clears throat> Sorry. The battlefield is infused with tainted warp energies, harmful to any who linger upon it. At the end of each movement phase, any unit um, that has not moved voluntarily or involuntarily in the movement phase suffers D3 strength six hits, ignoring void shields and iron shields. Titans suffer these hits to their legs. That's two points. Um, if you run heavy titans, you this is worth it because yes. it's not really going to hurt you. However, Although, if you have like, small titans, you're not even going to consider this one. But here's the thing: this like, actually hurts warhounds. Wait, 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 wait. Here's the thing: how many times are you actually not going to move? Anytime I first fire for starters, wait, or wait, if I emergency repair and plan on shooting afterwards. Okay, 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 okay. There's okay. absolutely times I intend to not move. It's only two stratagem points. Okay, so I could see some usage here. Okay. I'm not saying I would take it, but those are the two ends of usefulness versus not useful. Warlords don't. No, you care. made very good points. You made very good Warhounds points. Warhounds do. Um, I guess if you could get a Titan to shut down, or if you immobilize a Titan. This comes into play. If they're immobilized, they have lots of exist existing track damage, and they'll take a little more. And this is all game long, but I still don't think I would take it. Is this actually... Oh, this lasts all game. It's yeah, it's two whole points, game. and it counts for both players. This I could see as a one-pointer, because you're also putting yourself at risk. But it lasts all game? 
Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. You know how I like to target shit? I wouldn't mind targeting people's legs and shit and mobilizing them and then having this finish them off. That'd be an interesting, like, kind of double play. Okay. I, I wouldn't take it, to be honest. Like, I'm just kind of, like, fucking around here. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't take it. No, I wouldn't take but it. But it is... It is cool. It would be a funny story. The, the ground just swallowed a titan. Yeah, it, like I said, it, 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 it's, it's not it's, good. It, it's... Don't it sit on that be, fence. Exactly. Yeah, uh -uh. no, it can be uh -uh. good. It can't be. It could come in clutch if all the dice are lined right and your opponent doesn't move. Yeah. But if they're immobilized, they're one hit from death anyway. Yeah. Boom, now you don't have to shoot them. You this might as well over. just shoot them again or hit them with an orbital lance strike or just something. You have yeah. a one in three chance to hit the legs randomly. It's there's so many other ways. I mean, the, the useful thing to always keep in mind is you every one of these, I don't care which one, even the ones we don't like, you can always find an argument where it would be good. Yeah. If you're willing to fight hard enough, yes, I wouldn't have to shoot the Titan that I've crippled the legs on and he's, you know, one point away because he's immobilized from death. Sure, I'm not going to spend two of my like five stratagem points and hope that that thing occurs. You know, it's like I said, it's neat. Um, would I take it? Never. If uh, if they are running Legio Audax, sure, there you go. If they are not Legio Audax, don't take it. If they're Audax. Maybe now I guarantee that they want to keep moving. But I better be having heavy titans. But no, not good. Just don't do it. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm sorry. Is this a, it's, it's neat. Like I said, it's a neat idea. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll take one of Steve's things. I'll take one of uh, what Steve said, actually. I'll steal exactly what Steve said. This is great for, like, if you're playing a campaign and you want a campaign idea for a battlefield. Yeah. Mm. This is a yep. good battlefield. You know, the, the, you know the, this energy... You know, was it... What did they say it was warp energy? Yeah, it, yeah. Warp energies have made it where you can't stand still. Hey, cool! Now you got a great battlefield. Here should be in an open engine war card. Basically, basically to steal exactly what Steve said. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve, take us and hopefully something better here. All right. Uh, last under warp trickery, we have the etheric infusion. This one's nice. Um, so play a strategy in any phase. The player chooses one of their titans and rolls a d10. On a three up, you immediately make a repair roll for the titan, adding two to the servitor clades for that roll. On a two, you take d3 devastating <laughs> hits to the body. On a one, you immediately suffer catastrophic damage. Get out of here with this bullshit. <laughs> you know Dan's like, oh man, I need to run that one. Yep. Either my reactor, it, it, either either I got a hot reactor, I'm cooling down, or I'm taking you all with me. No yep. in between. What I fucking did during your little event thing with my um with my fucking warlord, he almost killed yeah. my warlord. I ran that fucker up. This one, is it good? No. I'm. That's not the judgment. We're making a. Would we run this? And if I had Trader Titans. Every now and then, I'd slip this one in there because this is just fun. So yes, I'd take this. It no. I'll <laughs> this way. No. No, but this is a fun choice. If you are playing for fun, again, like Legio Interfector, anything like that. If you're playing for fun, 
this is a great fun choice because any of the results are good or hilarious. But if you're trying to, you know, if, if you and your opponent are trying to have like a, what I would call maybe an honest game, no, don't go anywhere near this thing. Cause you spent two of your like five points or maybe six points and it could kill you just to roll the one. And then you will die amongst your own side, <laughs> taking out your own Titans. You know, would that be funny? Yes. But like, I, there's something that you said for GW games. I don't think GW games are competitive games. Not, not, not pure competitive no. and that's fine. Have fun with it. But there, if you want to take some of these more, I don't know, obscure and esoteric ones here, have that discussion with your opponent first and be like, you know what? I know strategies are supposed to be hidden, but I'm going to take some funny stuff. Like I'm, I'm not trying to play for, for great things. Or tell them, like, just so you know the type of game, I, I want to take this one. You know. I found it. You what? run this with Virulent Messenger, and you fly that Warhound down the board. If you get the, the Violent Messenger secondary from the deck of cards, yeah. you just run a Warhound down the board and you play this. Either you blow yourself up or you get the juice to run again and you get farther into their zone. See, it's an amazing strategy. Everyone should run it all the time. It, it's not. Pretty, no, no, but no, it's no, no, fun. Yeah, this is the kind of thing of, it, it, you know, you, you play it when you want to set the tone and you say, you, like I said, you can tell your opponent, I'm going to take this thing because there's a chance I die from it. And that sounds fun. Like let let's have this game be a little more fun. Take this yeah. in. If you stacked this oh, with no. the one where the 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 ones become tens or the tens become ones, War of Fates. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's ah. interesting. That actually makes it kind of good because you could play it in any phase. Yeah. So you wait for that. All ones become tens, and now on it's only on a two. You just take some de well devastating kind of sucks. Yeah, the devastating hits to your body. If you know if your reactor is the problem, then you fix it. But yeah, that's a three three point stack. That's a lot. Uh, that's it's, a it's lot for a good, meme. But it's a way to make it work. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's not. No, no. It's it's a meme. You take this because you because yep. it's funny. Don't take it to actually, you know, play your game. All right, next Titanic tournament Dan runs. I'm going to be running Legion Interfector, and I'm going to be doing all the coin flip stratagems. Just letting you know. All right, wait, 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 back the fuck up here. What do you mean next event I'm running? When am I the running next the tournament? The he next tournament you run, Dan. I'm going to be running Legion Interfector. I said Dan. Hint, hint, Dan, run an event so I could play in it. What the fuck? Yeah, I was like, wait, what? You know more than me here. What's going on? <laughs> what the fuck? We can we can, we can run one at Maple. Would that be fine? Uh, yeah, I did years ago. No one showed up, sadly. But well, we I just, showed we up. Just, we just tried again. Steve, that's all. That's how I met Steve, actually. Yeah. He yeah. Showed up I I got a forty dollar Uber from campus to Maplewood. Played two games, then went back. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Some gorgeous tables, by the way. Dan's terrain is ah, beautiful good stuff my models are <laughs> yeah your models are painted by someone else no oh yeah the Titanic stuff yeah, yeah yeah the stuff we're talking about the game the that we're talking about, about. Buildings, he was talking about no he was talking about the buildings they were nice the looking tables yeah the buildings the tables i did no i know, I know that all right
let's um we'll bring it on home here with this tertiary objective so i'll, I'll go over this and that'll that'll end all the trader specific things all right so this is a tertiary objective for one point dark pledge um you have to be a trader take it of course play the stratagem and strategy phase of the first round the player chooses an enemy titan or a number of titans with a scale of 10 or more to mark for destruction so you have to get to at least a scale of 10. If, at the end of the battle, these Titans have been destroyed, the player scores 10 victory points. If all or some of the Mark Titans have not been destroyed by the end of the battle, the player loses 10. So you either get plus 10 if you get it all done, or lose 10 if it's not all done. Very matchup specific, but yeah. I could see where this one's a good pick. For example, if you have that big stupid fuck you iconoclast or or normal warmaster running around, and you're fighting warhounds, it doesn't matter if they try to hide. You're going to find them, and you're gonna hurt them. Yeah, and that's ten free victory points that might make up for the fact that you have over half of your army in a single model in a objective based game. Um, yes, this absolutely, absolutely has its uses in games yeah especially because you pick you know you're picking these things once you know what you're playing so you could know by the mission hey they're gonna have to either get out of the open or get close or like i said it's it's you know retrieve this point or hey stand on these spots okay i i know off of this board of what we're playing i'm gonna see you and or i know hey to win this game if i don't take out your warlord like there's i'm not gonna win this game off of what you have okay i take this I either get a better chance at winning because of it, or I was already going to lose because I wasn't able to kill, you know, the main concern model that you have, the thing that I know is going to wreck my day. Never pick a war masters and target of this though, for the love of God, they're so hard to kill. It's not worth it. <laughs> That's guaranteeing a loss. Unless you have your own war master to fight there. Oh, sorry, or, or sorry. War, yeah. Yeah. Don't take a war master. Yeah. Warlord or something like that. Sure. Yeah. The war master. Although I would I would hazard to say if they have one you can't take way. it down you might not win. But Steve is speaking from experience. No, I understand. On that one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, well, a warlord. I've two or three of them now, and I've watched one in action a, an additional time. They are. What I, I bifurcated your reaver. Is that what it was? So tough. I think I bifurcated your reaver in a single yep. volley. Yep. Just every turn you're like that one. Yeah, it was a quadruple <sighs> <That> plasma. <one. sighs> It was quadruple plasma war master. It was so much fun. The blast gun well, shield strip and then the arm one just And it's so weird because you're using plasma guns to strip shield. Because they hit on twos. It, which is insanity. It's it well, the big thing to me is and this is a little off top, but we'll go through it quickly anyway. It is in reality, it it's fine that they made it from a fun perspective. In reality, it's probably not good for the game at all. That Titan. It's too big. It's just too much. Mm. You know. That's why they need to up the standard game size to 8,000 points and bring in the Imperator, and that'll fix it all. Yep, pretty much. When that's because no one care about War Masters anymore. That, that, that's, why you, you're, well, you, that's why you're never going to see an Imperator. Yep. The one. That's why the Imperator is... Yeah. Something that has a reactor size 10. We know that from well, one of the scenarios. Sure. Okay, so and one of its guns does two shots at strength 14 fusion. We know that, that because of the scenario we went over today. But we're never going to get an Imperator. 
No, no, never. And to be fair, the size of it would be the size of a Porphyrian in this game. At like, least. At least. I think that's what we were calculating because it's about double. Uh, it's about double and a half the size of a warlord. So a warlord is what? Uh, a little under eight inches. It's about a little under eight inches. So you're thinking about a 16 inch, maybe a 15 inch model. That's a fucking warhound. Your numbers are off. Oh, but God. I get the spirit of what you're saying. Yeah. A yeah. warlord is five inches, five and a half inches, because essentially each scale is half an inch. Oh, God. So scale 10 on a warlord becomes a little, about five inches. Still, I was so still if it's on two the and a half times as yeah, a it's warlord. That's still a scale 25 titan for a 12 and a half inch tall model. Oh, yeah. no. Cool. Also, to keep, you know, just keep in mind one, the points you can never play it, two, the abilities you never want to do it, and the cost. I can't even, I don't even want to imagine what it would cost. Think about how much the Iconoclast and stuff like that runs, let alone this guy who's going to be you know, a monster compared to that. No. They would never do it, you know. No, no, or it, it very likely it would be in Forge World Resin, the same way they do all the other big ones. And it would cost as much as those too. But yeah. now I, I don't. I, I think they're cool models, the Warmasters, but they're probably not good for for the game. But that that can be a discussion for another day. Um. All right, gentlemen, we actually finished everything we wanted to talk about. And I at least didn't feel like we were under the gun to do so. Isn't that nice? Woo! I know. Miracle. Well, reasonable, reasonable goals? Yes, we, we set very reasonable goals. And honestly, we spent almost as much time talking about the, the narrative stuff as we did the stratagems. Because there was a lot to the narrative. Yeah. So... But um, we're obviously going to keep doing Titanicus content. Don't worry about that. But with both these two boys, with, with you know, trying to wrangle them in, who, who knows whom or what. And 30K coming out. Yes, that, that's what I mean. With 30K coming out, I think for the next bit, we're probably going to be a little more focused on that. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to go to next. I don't know if it's going to be the Loyalist book or there might be some other stuff. Maybe we can actually you know, as a palate cleanser for 30K, play some of these narratives either out of this book or maybe one of the other books to discuss those as sort of a, a another option of things that people can play. Um, but we will, even if it takes a little bit, we will be getting back to this content for sure. Um, we know both we like doing it as well as people really like listening to it, which is, is something the numbers have shown. So I think that'll do it for us this evening. And that'll do it for us tonight. As always, I want to thank anyone and everyone for listening or watching if you found this on YouTube. If you're on any sort of podcatcher, um, I would strongly ask that people consider giving us reviews on iTunes. That sort of thing really helps people find us. If you are catching this off of YouTube, likes and subscribes really help us get noticed and be able to get our content out to more people. Um, as we mentioned this, we are going to get back to Titanicus in the, the short frame, but for probably the next couple of weeks, we're going to be a little more focused on heresy. Our plan is to release some shorter, more chunked episodes, uh, probably more than once a week if, if we can get a good amount of recordings done. 
uh, specifically going through the different legions for horse heresy. And then we want to also do the same thing when we take a look at the other narrative campaigns for Titanicus that have come out in the other books with the hope now that we're going to start being able to do some recordings, a little rough, of course, we're going to start doing some um, video recordings. We want to be able to do that through the narrative as well as a exploration of, of heresy as we start to learn this new edition ourselves. Um, as always, on the behalf of everyone here, have some good hobbying and some great gaming.